Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM. Will Chamberlain, right? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Stupid. Stupid. Do you know what's in that lipstick case? They found 11 joints she thought were safely stashed away. After they found pot inside that case, I wish I'd seen the look that must have been upon her face. Miami has a great big airport. Lots of people come from near and far. She thought they'd let her through because she's a star. Through security, she quickly passed. But someone in a uniform went through her bags and found some grass. Do you know what's in that lipstick case? It was good stuff, one puff, and you would be in outer space. It will not be easy to replace. Call Whitney Houston just as soon as you are in L.A. Dionne Warwick is a pothead. Now we know that she likes getting stoned. Stupid. When you've got good weed, you're never alone. Stupid. Till you're busted and you go to jail. And there you are. No psychic friends are gonna help you get away. Yay. Do you know what's in that lipstick case? Do you know what charges she will face? Do you know what's in that lipstick case? Do you know what I heard her say? No, 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 don't confiscate my dough. Oh, I'm going to tell you, 902 at 560 WQM, it sure is great. It's a real revelation, a real fly-opener to be down here for a couple of days. Just briefly, just long enough to actually, it's one thing to know this place is a playground. It's another thing to be uh, in it and seeing it and smelling it, which I contributed to that this morning. Thanks a lot, Pete Lenny. This man, he's the Schmidt inducer. He just can't stop. Brought me in a bunch of crap here yesterday. All that, all that diet stuff that's loaded with all the stuff that makes you crap all day. So the one thing, what do you call those things that I eat? The chocolate, um, the meringue meringues, yeah. And I didn't touch them yesterday because I was going to hopefully go to the doctor and get my blood test yesterday, which I'll tell you that depressing story in a moment. I guess I'm just stupid. Yeah. But, uh, and so this morning I sit here figuring, well, I might as well, you know, the, these, the label looks safe. Forget about the label. Any of that diet stuff, it'll make you crap your brains out. Because it's got sorbitol and maltitol and, uh, crap it all, and it just, it's just loaded. And so I sat here and ate the whole package, which there wasn't that much in there, maybe an ounce, I don't know. And sure enough, within 20 minutes, I had to make two big runs and had took two of the biggest Howard Davids I ever took in my life. It was just, uh, scary. Unbelievable. And then George went in there to take his morning and it tells me that it was still lingering in the air. The wallpaper was peeling <laughs> Well, when you got this head cold, you know, and all that, and it's good, by the way. Thank you very much, Petey Lenny. Then he brings me in chicken wings from Little Old Caboose. I had just come back in here. I just barely finished wiping, for Christ's sakes. And uh, I come back in here, and he's bringing more, more crap. God, is he stupid or what? No, that's me. I'm a moron, because I listen to my mother. You know, years ago, she had me go to her optometrist. Many years ago. I don't want to say that he was on Tap Street in Pembroke Pines. I'm sure he's long gone. 
This guy makes me a pair of glasses that were like, you know, in other words, if you were like 20, 100, these were like uh, 40, 500. I mean, they, they, I, couldn't, I couldn't even see myself when I put those glasses on. I said, I think there's a little problem here. Uh, and then as he's, taking, as he's redoing the uh, prescription to get the new glasses replaced, he says, well, you know, I don't really want to do this anyway. I'm just doing this temporarily. I want to be in showbiz. <laughs> That's right. That was my mother's optometrist. Let's hear it for mom. Oh! I told her yesterday, I said, you know, they see you coming a million miles away. Her and every other old person in South Florida. They see all of you old farts coming a million miles away. This is, that's all this place exists for is just a place to rip off and exploit old people. That's what it's all about, Ma. Oy. So, like a schmuck, because I've had it with Dr. Dick and his imperious attitude and his incompetent office up there, especially now since my friend Gary left. Did Gary call yesterday? No. Anybody call about Gary's whereabouts? No. Maybe he is with Al Goldstein. I don't know. But at any rate, so I go to my mother's doctor. She makes an appointment. All I want to do, I wanted two things. I want to get like, a, you know, a minimal checkup, which this guy did stick his finger in my... Rectum. Which is about all he did of any note. I wanted to get my uh, prescriptions, uh, you know, uh, with a bunch of refills for the summertime because you have to have a bunch of pills. And I wanted to get blood tests, which I do a couple of times a year. Okay, is that is that a big deal? No. So I go to this place and I wait for a few minutes. And I, of course, they don't know me from Adam. You know, I'm using my real name, and uh, which I don't expect like big time. Well, yes, I do. Why the hell not? You know, at least be treated like a human being who makes more than fifty bucks a week. So I, they finally schlepped me in there, and, and this little uh, Julio uh, nurse, male nurse, he takes my blood pressure and he writes down 148 over 144 over 98. Now, I know that that isn't right because my blood pressure is great. I had just taken a blood pressure pill before I left here. When I got home, by the way, even after all the stress that I encountered, my blood pressure was 110 over 77. I just mentioned that in passing. And that was the best thing that they did. And then this make-believe doctor of my mother, he comes in and, beep, ba -boop, and oh, I'm from uh, the Banana Republic. I've been here 10 years. You know, one of your people, George. Oh, totally inept. Totally inept. Now, I'm not saying that all your people are bad doctors, but... Some of them are even real doctors. Yeah, I don't think this one was. But at any rate, so now uh, we do the thing. He writes me out the prescriptions. He sticks his finger deep inside my... Rectum. And didn't even put a glove on, which I thought was a little bit unusual. No, he, he put a... <laughs> I'm not that... Stupid. But anyway, so uh, he writes out the prescriptions. Then he's writing all this other stuff out for the blood test. Now, ordinarily, when you go to any doctor and you tell me you want blood test, you tell me what you want done. I want, uh, you know, uh, kidney and uh, liver function. I want uh, uh, blood lipids. Whatever I, I told him I wanted, I gave him a little list. Now I'm paying for all of this. So you, you ordinarily expect somebody to come in, a nurse or somebody, and they, uh, you know, you roll up your sleeve, and they put the uh, the plastic thing on your arm, and they take your blood. Would that happen there? No. No. No, he writes me out a prescription, and then as they push me around the hallway where the arrows are, to the place where you pay, where they take your money, so I write them a check for the 95 bucks, which is pretty cheap, and believe me, well worth it at half the price for the exam. And now they give me a thing, and this woman says, oh, I'll be right out. You have to go to the lab. Well, I'm assuming the, it's a pretty big building. I'm assuming the lab is like down the hallway, right? No, wrong. This place is over on, uh, where the hell was this? It's on Taft Street, over by about 64th. I don't want to give off exact location, but don't go there. The lab is over by where we used to work with Paxton, in the industrial park there, Sheridan and uh, 29th. Up by almost at the end there by Sterling Road. Okay, I know where it is. Yeah, it's a lab where they do blood tests. The only problem is I realize when I walk in there that only indigent people go there. So I guess they're assuming because I didn't have insurance and I was paying myself that I must have been a schlepper. And my mother tells me that when she goes to this doctor that they take her blood right there in the office, but of course she's got insurance, which I didn't know anything about this scam. I would have told them, hey, guess what? I can write you a check whatever you want. I'll pay you the cash, no problem. Sure you can. 
So they said, so they send me to this place where all these schleppers are. And I walk in. I was about one of the uh, two white people in the whole place. I'm not suggesting, of course, that you dark folks are like uh, deadbeats, but, you know, the fact of the matter is. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around this place, which looked like, uh, oh, man, you don't want to be dealing with no needles in a place like that, ma. And I finally, after just sitting there for about 10, 15 minutes, I thought I'm going to be, and they're, they're pouring in there. They're pouring, they're coming in by the crap load. They were either all Schwarzers or old, old, old people who could barely breathe. I said, I think I've waited long enough. I said to myself, and I just got up and walked out and raced to a Walgreens with all my prescriptions for my friend Marcy over there in plantation. Nice going, Marcy. And that's it. So I, so I wasted uh, almost a whole day, at least in my mind, you know. With another quack doctor. Find it. Just, all I want is some blood tests, okay? Take the blood. Here's what I want the test for. I'll pay you whatever the charge is. And that's it. I'd like to know my cholesterol, my triglycerides, if I'm still alive, my PSA, all these things. Is that, is that, should that be difficult to accomplish? No. It shouldn't be. But this is South Florida. And that's why it's so goddamn frustrating. I gotta be stupid to be here again, even only for a few days. I gotta be some kind of a moron. I walked out of there and I thought, Jesus Christ, what kind of a place is this? Seriously, I don't want to start on him again today, but I probably will. But, you know, he's, I, I have never encountered a human being. There's nobody else in the world like Mo Howard. He's the only person in the world like him. So uptight and so humorless and so uh, uh, self-centered and just, I, I, you can't deal with this guy. He has no sense of humor. None. Not a little sense of humor. He has no sense of humor. After we had that little crossover yesterday, and we had a pretty good time, I thought, and then he walked in, I thought we were going to have a truce, and I thought, Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. We had a good time in there. Everybody was yucking it up. It's a radio show. He still don't get it, and he blames it all on you, by the way. Hates you. No, I know. Like poison. The rumors around the building are that he spends all morning during the breaks ripping you an ass while, you know, in between the commercial break or during the commercial breaks, ripping you an ass. And by the way, don't be going in there to get the log anymore, because you're not allowed to. Don't anymore. worry. When that show is on the air, you are not allowed in that control room. You know what? Neither is anybody else, by the way, because when the star is on the air, nobody else is involved. Allowed uh, in, unless by special invitation. It's got to be embroidered. In fact, Randy Moeller showed me his embroidered invitation on the way out this morning. By the way, lose the face, old schmutz there, Randy. You look sillier than ever. Ten minutes after nine at 560 WQA. Man, I'm going to tell you, I got in my car yesterday. You know what it said on the outside uh, temperature? 100? 101. Really? 101. And I thought to myself, this is like trying to live in a goddamn furnace. And it's not easy to stay healthy in a place like this. And, of course, all that bacteria, you know, all the mold and the mildew and the heat and the humidity, it keeps multiplying like crazy. Oleomet is a product that will make you feel your best and keep you in good health, even in the heat and humidity of this furnace in which you live. Oleomet is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil along with vitamins, minerals, and herbals to promote health for your prostate, your heart, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. Oleomet has also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive, your endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil that money can buy. And Oleomet's got products for men and you ladies out there as well. It's available all over town. Go see Marcy at Walgreens. Ask her, where's the damn Oleomet, honey? You can also pick it up at Whole Food Markets, Neural Pharmacy, and Sedano's as well. It's a stupendous, exciting new product that will really do your body a lot of good. If you'd like to get more information about it, call them toll-free. Ask away. Call 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. And don't forget, you can also order their products on their website. No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission of WQAM, Beaver no. Broadcast Group, Incorporated. Will Chamberlain rate me? 
If you're like many Americans, you love the new MTV hit show, The Osbournes. However, if you're like a majority of the viewing audience, you have a hard time understanding what the hell anyone is saying on the show. For you, we present the Osbournes Translation Viewing Companion. Just plug in the Osbournes Translation Viewing Companion into any television and sit back and enjoy. Jack, stop telling people you're Ozzy Osbourne's son to get in place because you're a loser. Jack, stop telling people you're Ozzy Osbourne's son to get into places. You're a f***ing loser. Yeah. Well, I really want. I'm Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Now shut the f*** up and go to bed. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Now shut the f*** up and go to bed. Pay no attention to those pesky British accents and just enjoy the show. I don't really care what people think of my hair. If they like it or not, like it's not their hair, so I don't really care. Oh, that rhymes. I don't really care what people think of my hair. If they like it or not, it's not their hair, so I really don't care. Ooh, that rhyme. The Osborne's translation viewing companion. Don't watch the Osborne's without it. 9.15 at 5.60, WQM, happy Tuesday to you. I think Peter Leonard has probably accounted for about half of my time between uh, now and 1 o'clock. I'm telling you, there's that thunder down under. <laughs> Crackling again. Nice going, Peter. I'm only here for a couple of days, and this man doesn't want to miss the opportunity to make me crap my brains out. He just can't stop himself. He's, he's probably standing out there in the hallway waiting for me to go flying down the hall. And believe me, very soon, I will. Just like that bit where he says, oh, it will, Billy, it will. That's uh, how I feel, because I will, believe me. Anyway, how'd that poll come out yesterday? Speaking of that, 966 votes on a survey. How much uh, do you care about the language problem in South Florida? A lot. This is America. Speak English, God damn it. 504 said that. That's 52.1%. We're still whipped up about that whole bilingual thing. They can't, they can't handle it. Uh, enough to avoid Dade County as much as possible. 240 of us said that. That's 25%. Not at all, 107, 11%. I'm bilingual, so too bad for the rest of you. 95 people said that, about almost 10%. You know, it's interesting. That number was consistent all the way through. That must be our Julio crowd, 10%. Wouldn't you say that's, uh, yeah, I guess. And there is no language problem. 20 people said that. That's only 2%. Silly people. I mean, saying there's no language pr a problem in South Florida is, I would say, just like saying... There's no fact in, in the church. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. So now getting to today's poll, Eric... As George is going to take the heat, here's a couple of factors to lead into it. Here's one, first of all, it says, glad you're back. God, am I glad you're back. As Robert Duvall might say, your show is a large-breasted hit. Now, that's not what he said. He said, it's a big, big-titted hit. That's what he said. This still holds true, even though Joe Costello had a week to destroy it. Mr. Costello's delivery on the air reminds me of a deer in the headlights. His performance was about as scintillating as the performance of that fag who played Anakin Scott. <laughs> His performance was about as scintillating as the performance of that fag who played Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Clones. Do you think that he was gay? <laughs> Thank you, Mo. See, we got a new a new format on the show now. I say a few words and Mo says like gay, and then you know fills in the rest of the sentence. I mean, well, he's only working three hours anyway. Might as well get a little more out of him for all that money. That movie was not for the average person, by the way. If you didn't know Star Wars history, it was very difficult to follow. Is that correct? It was only for Star Wars groupies. Uh, the, the, yeah, sure. You think you think that uh, what's his, what is his name again? I Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. You think that he's gay? Oh, you know something? I'm gonna have to run down the hallway. Oh no. Yeah, this Peter Leonard. I'm serious, and I'm I'm not joking about this. And, and I only blame myself. I blame nobody but myself. How is it possible for anybody to be so stupid as me? After the 500th time, and he keeps, he always, and I said, get out of here with that stuff. Oh, no, and he, he goes swearing, there's nothing in here, and this is the brand new, and it's all the same crap. It just makes you crap your brains out.
Okay, I think it may have. I don't think so. Huh? Well, let me play. At least let me play something good while I'm running down the hall. Okay, I don't want you to just play filler music. I apologize profusely for this. No, not really. It'll kill some good time. I got a lot of very important stuff to get to here today, including why those Schwarzers were defending Mike Tyson right there at the end of Mo's show. It's always the same thing, you know what? Well, how about Mooney by Dove? Or I mean Mooney, a singing Dove. I, can't, I never can get the, uh, you know that song? No. Oh. I'll be back. Or, All right. Or not. God, am I stupid. was it oh just fine how was it for you oh outstanding very productive kind of like one of those great little cigars those el productos 921 at 560 your foolish med station for the uh, new century the the new deal is i'm only here like a few until october i'm only here like today and tomorrow i don't ever want to see him in here again i mean if, if mo can make all these rules about nobody's allowed in the control room while his important show is on the air i can say i don't want Petey lenny in here again which only includes the rest of today and all of tomorrow. I don't want to see him again. It's not personal. It's business, that kind of business. Oh, man. Three gigantic Mo Howards in the same morning. It's not even 10 o'clock You're yet. making my kishkis twist just talking oh, about it. Don't be stupid. Okay, getting back to this fax now because this is a good one. Anyway, about Joe Costello's decrepit performance, I'm sure you've heard it by now. George is not the most exciting radio personality I've ever heard either. Well, that's for sure. But he can hold an audience's attention other ways besides humor. He's a learned man and can talk on a wide variety of subjects other than rap music or auto racing. He brings up some very good points from time to time, and you can actually learn something from him. Here's the problem with George. Yeah. He's stupid. 
I heard the show Howard did when Al Goldstein called in from jail. He claims the person is trying to kill him by giving him the wrong diabetes medications. He also admitted that the 69-year-old Schwarzer in a wheelchair kicked his ass. This happened because he wanted to turn the TV from Black Entertainment to uh, Charlie Rose. He also admitted he crapped the prison suit he was wearing literally when standing in the chow hall line. All this because he mouthed off to the judge. And that's exactly right. That's why I gave him 60 days, because he mouthed off to the judge, because Al never learns his lesson. Just like I never learned my lesson with Petey Lenny and that crap, that uh, crap-inducing stuff he keeps bringing in here. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna, I don't want to like play Butch Boss with Petey Lenny, but I'm going to tell you right now, if he ever brings any more of that stuff in here when I'm here again, you know, that certain account that he's, uh, you know, begged me to do that. I, I won't do it ever again. I'll never do that spot again. If you ever bring any more of that crap in here. I'm tired. You know, I have no problems. I'm not like my mother. I don't have any bowel problem. I have all the, I'm full of it. And so it comes out easy. Okay. Just slides right out. In addition to which, I'm back on balance for life. They brought food to the house last night, which you'll notice I didn't even bring in this morning because I'm going to mommy's for lunch today so I can chew her out about that goddamn phony doctor of hers. And not being able to get blood tested. Whoever heard of such kind of a doctor's office? It's not some little dinky's doctor's office. It's a big-ass building. There are three different doctors supposedly practicing in there. I went back. I went home yesterday. I said to my little dog, I said to Tiny, what do you think of this doctor? He says, Echmer, a doctor. Yeah, that's what he said. On a lighter note, says this uh, Joe, this faxer, he says, the History Channel will be showing clips of the uh, hockey. Uh, well, we don't talk hockey on this station because Mo don't like it. And it goes on about our website and about the constant interruptions. That's only the commercial thing, right? Is that what he's still talking about? I don't know. Uh, we don't know. We don't care. Okay. Just kiss the ground that you can get it. We have thousands of people all over the world listening to this show right now as I speak. Just kiss the ground. You get it. It's free. We don't charge you anything. And so quit bellyaching, okay? So he picks on Joe. Now, here's the one really ripping Georgian ass. Then we'll get to our poll. And look at the giant print uh, on there. Yes. Two Neil. A lot of very fancy work went into this fax. See, I always like faxes where, you know, they put a lot of work into it as opposed to just scrawling out some usual crap. To Neil, I'll tell you exactly what we're wrong with the Joe Costello show while you're on vacation. I think this is from Joe. It says, Joe did fine by himself, but your faggy board op, the one with delusions of grandeur who calls himself a producer, kept interrupting Joe after every sentence. Poor Joe couldn't say two words without having the mumbler cut him off. George did his best to try and steal the show out from under Joe. The only way a guest host will work is if Georgie can be banned from the studio to stop him from sabotaging the show. At the very least, the mic should be removed from his booth. If your mic was removed from the booth, I wouldn't have had Mad Dog on yesterday. That was funny. I said, go around the other side of that thing, and he goes in, he goes in George's room, which was just as well, I guess. You ought to hear what he said off the air. Well, anyway, at the very least, the mic should be removed from George's booth. He had his chance, and he blew it. He should put an end to his petty, petty jealousy and let somebody else fill in without interference. God, I can't wait until Howard David gets that little spick fired. That's what it says. <laughs> How do you like that? One thing we know about George. He's stupid. There you go. So there's a rip job on Joe and one on George. So I, and I promised I was going to take this poll, but I'd wait a few days. Probably didn't wait long enough because I was out sick a day and a half last week, and probably half the audience don't know I'm back yet anyway. Here I am, ready or not, I'm still full of it. Here's our poll question today. When Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? And we've got six choices. Well, I want to give them a lot of variety here. Good, bad, indifferent. Didn't listen to it. Listened very little, hated it. Listened a lot, it was fine. Listened every day, it was great. George was good, Joe sucked. Joe was good, George sucked. Now, I think we covered all the bases there. Do I do a, do a yeah? I do my poll, baby. Nobody does pull like Neil. While Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? Didn't listen to it. 
Listen, and by the way, we don't want the rimmers or my mother filling this in, okay, because they'll put down, didn't listen to it, and then they'll tell me on the phone everything that you guys said. Didn't listen to it, listened very little, hated it, listened a lot, it was fine, listened every day, it was great, George was good, Joe sucked, Joe was good, George sucked. I, I think we covered all the bases there. Excellent job. 926 at 560 WQM on a great Tuesday. We got the Mad Dog at 1. We got Hank uh, from the Belmont. How, how is that possible? He must have taken a flight this morning, huh? Because he was on yesterday from Shula's and didn't get a chance to see him after you made those intemperate comments about how he was still fat. He's probably pissed off at me, too. And then, uh, so Hank is uh, in New York at the Belmont today and all week. And then we'll be talking to Dave Johnson, I'm sure, on Friday. You know Dave Johnson, he's one of yours. He's a white guy. Marlins on deck at 630. Marlins at the Philly 705. Eddie K after Marlins baseball. And Joe and Mark overnight. And uh, what can I say, you know, for whatever that's worth. Mattress shopping isn't worth much. It's a waste of time, especially when you look into your thermometer there, and it says 101 degrees on the outside. You have to be some kind of a moron, some kind of a masochist, to be wasting all of that time running around town shopping for a mattress when you can do yourself and your back a big favor by just sitting there on your fat, lazy ass and making a lazy phone call. That's what I do. There are few fatter or lazier than me. And so I just pick up the phone and call my good buddies at Dollar Mattress and say, hey, guess what? The old one's worn out. Here's exactly what I want, and they'll be there in no time at all. And they'll do the same for you. They got the biggest selection name brand mattresses from Serta and Sealy, Simmons and King Coil, and no store can match their exceptional selection or their low everyday prices either. And of course, when it comes to delivery, nobody in the universe would even think about doing it like they do. They give you a two-hour window that you choose when it's convenient for you, not for them. Any day, seven days a week, like between 11 and 1, noon and 2, 1 and 3, whatever you want, they'll be there knocking on your door, taking away the crappy old bedding, and setting up your great new mattress, your name brand mattress at an unbeatable price. So instead of schlepping around town, wasting all of that time and getting yourself worked up into a sweat, call our good friends, the betting experts at Dollar Mattress, and they'll be there in no time at all, like I just said. 1-800-MATTRESS, that's the number to call, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S or look them up on that wicked world. The Joe and Mark Show. Overnights on Sports Radio 560. QAM. Okay, this former weight champion of the world, Mike Tyson, with the legal baby, legal, legal word for the day. The word is polling the jury. Polling the jury. That means I'd really get off. Wouldn't it done? Wouldn't it done? Driving in my car, sipping a coffee, trying to find a rest stop, cause right now I gotta pee. Bladders filling up, tempted to use my cup, gotta get off the road, cause I think I might explode. Every time I hit a bump, I start to quiver. <laughs> but Lord help me, I took another sip, I'm a hazard to myself. Right. Don't let me wet me. Science says no facilities. I don't want to wet myself. <laughs> no urinating. Don't want no yellow on the floor. I want to go pee somewhere else. I want to go pee somewhere else. Uh oh. 30 miles. Until the next stop Meanwhile my kidneys feel Like they're gonna pop I'm not coping Back teeth floating Think I'll take a leak Right on the street Faster, faster And please let there be no traffic This trip's become a living hell 
Remember I was talking yesterday about having Dr. Mark come back in here and draw the blood right on here? I think that's the only way I'm going to get blood tests in Florida, but I think I'll wait. See, that's one thing. Let's see, March, April, May, most of the last three months, with the exception of the previous three days I was here in April, which I avoided the P.D. Lenny episodes, but you'll notice that no mornings up in Toronto that I have to, like, make a quick run or interrupt the show and put on music because I had to go crap my brains out, and that's including even having made some bad mistakes. Right. Nestle's Turtle, and I'm not saying I was, and then of course all that Thai food that just, uh, gave me the hot schmitz and tore my insides out, but not during the show. How do you like that? Now that you mention it, right. Yeah. And now here I'm back for the second morning, and all of a sudden, I don't even get through the first half hour, and I'm running out in the hallway crapping my brains out, and almost made it to the, uh, throne, too. Sad. Very, very sad, Petey. Get out of here. You're a crazy person. Comes in here, he's bad mouth and mo. <laughs> he was. It was terrible. Talking about how he played golf with Shua. I don't want to go through the story. It was terrible. You know, I see that's another good thing about my not being here. I don't have to get all wrapped up in that stuff because I, I don't need to hear people bad mouthing Mo all day long. You know, I just I don't like that because he and I are tight. Anyway, here's an update on a story I had for you late last week. Philadelphia, and thanks to our good friend Glenn in Iowa, who's got an eagle eye for crap like this, probably a real pervert. Philadelphia, a website founded by a priest that featured images of young wrestlers in bikini briefs, was voluntarily shut down after questions were raised about its contents and uh, purpose. The Junior Professional Wrestling Association site offered to sell photos and videos of the wrestlers purportedly for charity. The site displayed teenagers and young men with nicknames such as Johnny Heartbreaker and Bad Brad in wrestling poses. <laughs> I love it. The Reverend Glenn Michael Davidowich, I think on Friday I had this story, didn't I? Yes, I believe so. The Reverend Davidowich, pastor of St. Michael the Archangel Byzantine Catholic Church in suburban Montclair, founded the Wrestling Association in 1999. Some matches were staged in the church rectory. Tony Carl, director and webmaster, defended the association as sports entertainment and legitimate fundraising tool. In a statement, he said, unfair attacks and embarrassment forced the website to shut down last Wednesday. We are not, have never been, and will never be pornographic or sexual, the statement said. Rather, the association was a makeshift attempt to mimic and spoof pro wrestling. Right. Carl declined a phone interview. Davidowitz did not return a phone call seeking a comment yesterday. Nobody's returning them calls. The website's stated purpose was to raise money for Thomas Mejia, a California teen who was paralyzed and suffered brain damage in a 1994 auto accident. How you doing, Julio? According to Carl, a priest in California, the Reverend James Curran, established a fund in 1994 to help pay the family's medical bills and formed a similar wrestling venue, venture, whatever. But Mejia's mother, Marcella, said yesterday she hasn't received any money from either wrestling organization. She said Curran did pay some of the family's bills several years ago. I don't know dates. I don't know anything, she said. Carl said the association sent checks totaling 5760 bucks to the fund administered by Curran, whose organization, Conganas Sports Entertainment, shut down last year. A spokesman for Curran, now a pastor in Stone Mountain, Georgia, did not return a phone call either yesterday. Nobody's returned them calls. Davidowitz resigned from the association in February of 2001 after his bishop confronted him with personal concerns, Carl said. Carl said he found nothing wrong with the wrestler's uh, attire. The majority of our wrestlers were athletes who are proud of their healthy and fit appearances, and they feel they're dressed appropriately for wrestling entertainment. Yeah, what do you want wrestlers to wear, like a tuxedo, a, a three-piece suit, big expensive suit like Greg was sporting in here yesterday? People aged 16 to 30 have wrestled for the association, including about 25 minors who had parental consent, he said. I'll bet. They had notes from Mommy and Daddy. So there's the update on that. 
Oh, I can get to a vote on the poll now. Now, I can vote honestly because I wasn't here. And I certainly, well, I was in Amsterdam, so even, and I don't have my computer there yet. So I didn't listen to it. See, I'm not, I'm not doing that to that, put anybody down. That's just my vote. I think that Faxer had a point. Next time Joe fills in, I think I should be far, far away because, you know, I hate him and sandbag him. No, it didn't say you hated him. It said that you mumble well, over him and he wouldn't let him speak. It's kind of like what Howard does to Gildy. You know, he won't let him say anything. Okay, the, the poll is up. I listened every day. It was great. Two people said that, and I didn't listen to it. I voted for that. Cause I, and George was good. Joe sucked one. It's only four votes, but it's up there now on neilrogers.com. Let's go. This is very important, especially with the summertime coming. This will portend much for the future of what's going to happen on this show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays during the summertime. Now, I should point out, George will be doing the show on Thursday. No Joe, right? This Thursday? I guess, right. I'll be doing the show. I don't know who will be here with me. That, <laughs> is that up to me? And you know what? I couldn't give a crap less. I'm, I'm not going to be here. But Friday, I'll be back in Toronto doing the show on the air Friday. I just want to give that schedule out because this station does nothing at all to promote who's on it now. Now that Mo's not mentioning my name again, you know, forget about it or whatever he was doing this morning in paradise. Well, that crap. He's back on that again. Just after, just after we finally worked him out of that shell, and he was mentioning not just Neil, but Neil Rogers, both names. And I went in there yesterday morning. We did a little crossover, which I thought was fine. I'll say it again. I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and he just uh, he just don't get it. He just can't take it. He can't handle it. Boy, you heard, heard what... Uh, I won't say it. 22 before 10 at 560. See, that's what bad. Me being back in his building. I shouldn't be here. I don't want to get involved in all the gossip and the internecine squabbling and bickering and all this uh, backstabbing and all of the, uh, you know, posturing that some of the people are doing and pushing people around and nobody's allowed in this room and nobody can do this and all this other crap. You know, I just, I can't, I can't deal with people on that kind of level. Pay me to do a show and I'm doing the best I can. I'm going to continue doing the Neil Rogers show the way I want it, saying whatever the hell I want. And that's the show. That's it. Period. Take it or leave it. Like it or lump it. You've heard me talking about the big one. That's right. In four short months, you can have a big one too. A big paycheck. The demand for certified computer professionals is through the roof. Pick up the phone and call our good friends at Fast Train right now if you want to start making some bucks. 866-FAST-TRAIN. Summer classes are forming right now. If you call now, you can be certified in that new career before summer's end. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors for convenient locations, including the new Kendall campus, job placement assistance, day and evening classes, too. And for those individuals whose job was affected after 9-11, Fast Train's an operation paycheck training provider as well. Call Fast Train toll-free, 866-FAST-TRAIN right now, or check them out on the web at FastTrain.com. Fast Train, like I said only moments ago, can have you certified and ready for a brand-new money-making career in as little as four months. So call them today. There's no obligation. They'll be ecstatic to answer all your questions. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Marlins and Phillies tonight from the Fed in Philadelphia. Coverage begins at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560. She Jesus Christ. Mike Tyson, psychopathic. He bites off beers and he beats up dates. But Lennox News will work his magic. Put old Iron Mike in his place Cause after one round with Lennox Lewis That evil Mike Tyson will look like a punk And after two rounds with Lennox Lewis We'll hear those gold teeth going plunk, plunk, plunk Mike should be careful when he starts to dance With the heavyweight champion of the world Cause when Lewis lands a nice uppercut Mike will cry like a little baby girl Cause after 
Atlantic's Lewis. Tyson will be praying for the bell to ring. And after four rounds with Lennox Lewis, Tyson's head will look like Don King's. One round with Lennox Lewis. 943, a lot of you suckers out there are going to pay. How much is it? 80 bucks? Somebody said 20. I it's not 20. I think it's like 70 or 80 bucks. Whatever the hell it is, it's like burying the money in your backyard to get conned in again, to get sucked in. And what did I tell you? All these years, I've always said that America never met a scumbag they didn't love. They're obsessed. In fact, in the Sun Sentinel this morning, there's about a 75. Look at all the pages on there that I wasted, which I'm not going to even get to. Public finds Mike Tyson bizarre but fascinating. I find him only one thing, obnoxious, disgusting, a disgrace, a scumbag. So what time are we going to uh, go watch the fight? Oh, I'm sorry. Your place? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I won't be here. I guess you, I'm going to have to miss. you got that big TV. I guess I'm going to have to miss that. Uh-huh. Stanley Cup finals begin tonight in Detroit. Red Wings will beat Carolina in four straight. Maybe five, but I don't think so. I think they'll just mop it up four straight. Why even bother? Oh, that's right. I forgot we're not supposed to talk about hockey because hockey is stupid. 45 votes on the poll while Neil was on vacation. We'll take a few calls, by the way, today, just uh, today and tomorrow, like I did yesterday. George ain't going to be answering. So if you don't understand the screenless thing, I, see, I'm not going to monkey around with those people yesterday. Hello, can I talk today? We're screenless. That means I'm picking you up if I take a couple of calls or a hundred or whatever I'm going to take. But I have no more patience for that crap because we've been doing this for about 700 years. If you don't understand that, then I, I just can't deal with it. 45 votes when Neil was on vacation. How did you like the George and Joe show? I listened every day. It was great. Nine. Tied for first place with I didn't listen to it. Nine. George was good. Joe sucked. Eight. I listened very little. I hated it. Eight. I listened a lot. It was fine. Seven. And Joe was good. George sucked. Four. So you got you got uh, Joe down now. I never wanted to do that. I'm not, like, driving a wedge here, but we had those two faxes, and I said I was going to do the survey anyway. I mentioned that toward the end of last week. And what what better way to do it? How else do we find out who they liked and what they didn't like? We discussed that during the show, that there was going to be those people. Factions. Right. Right. And we don't care, because we were friends before and uh, still are. Well, we're not trying to break up your friendship. This is business, not personal. See, right. this is business, and you guys are taking it personal. Bad mistake. Don't be. Stupid. We won't. Please. Take it. Joe is good. George sucked. Four, but George was good. Joe sucked. Eleven. They didn't like Joe. Now, the one factor says that was because you interrupted him and never let him get on a roll and do anything. Well, that's not true, actually. Well, I don't believe it anyway. In fact, then, didn't I say it looked like Joe's uh, facts? Although it is it is Tuesday morning, so he's I'm sure he's not awake by this time. You think? No. He's, no. Lo- he's sleeping. He's in la-la land. President Bush said for the first time yesterday, and we're very excited to hear this now, that the CIA and the FBI could have done more to protect the American people, and congressional hearings, of course, are beginning today on pre-9-11 warnings. The dog and pony show is going on right now, trying to cover everybody's ass. We can do a better job of defending the American people, which we are going to do, Bush told a crowd in Little Rock, Arkansas. We need to know what they're thinking and what they're planning on doing before they do something. The president's admission comes on the eve of that joint House-Senate Intelligence Panel's first hearing on what the country's spies and law enforcement agents knew about Osama Yamama bin Laden's terror team before September 11th. Lawmakers have closed the first hearings to the public, arguing that releasing details about security goofs would compromise national security. Committee staffers will brief lawmakers on what they've learned so far after about 100 interviews and reviewing 30,000 pages of intelligence documents. Buried in another 300,000 pages, according to USA Today, is proof that U.S. agents intercepted al-Qaeda communications before September 11th and even infiltrated the group, but couldn't figure out what remarks such as, something big is happening and tomorrow will be a great day for us, meant until it was too late. What does that mean, tomorrow will be a great day for us? 
That was the warning on okay. September 10th. They said something big is happening and tomorrow will be a great day. They said that September 10th. They're still, we're still having hearings to try to figure out what they meant by that. You think they might have been referring to the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. God, are they stupid or what? Huh? Boy, it's, it, it pains me just to think about it. You'll be, you'll like this. This will make your day. Judge clarifies Florida citrus rule. Yeah. No, you will like this. A judge said his earlier ruling that the state's new citrus canker eradication law is unconstitutional applies all throughout Florida. The law passed earlier this year requires Florida agriculture agents to cut down all healthy citrus trees within 1,900 feet of any being chopped down because they're infected with canker. The law also said the agents could work under a single countywide search warrant, entering the yard of any home and taking trees even if the owners objected. But Circuit Judge Leonard Fleet's ruling said that was unconstitutional. His Monday ruling came after lawyers for the Florida Department of Agriculture asked for an emergency hearing to clarify whether his ruling applied statewide. He said it did. There is only one constitution that applies to the entire state, he'd be saying. The state plans to appeal. Agriculture Commissioner Charles Bronson has said the state should do whatever it could to protect Florida's $9 billion citrus industry from canker. Nice going for the judge. Let's hear it. Oh! He says, we don't just pick and choose this block over here and a couple blocks over there and over by Georgia's house because guys don't like him. No. It's all over the state. Five six seven oh five sixty. We're taking some calls here this morning. I don't see many on the board, which I'm really shocked because you know when we give that opportunity, it doesn't happen too often on any show. Bad mistake yesterday, by the way. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. QAM. That was it. That's the only one. Okay, well, let's go. Like I said, we're going to go back to our Toronto format. QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Crystals is coming to South Florida. Yeah, I know that. We had that uh, several days ago. Okay, great. See, that, that's the excitement. I'll come back for three days. What's the exciting news? We're getting crystal in South Florida. Let's hear it. Oh! We're getting those greasy little crystal burgers. Was it Sunrise and Powerline, I believe? Somebody faxed that to us? Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And we don't want to overdo that because we don't want to piss off our friends at Little Old Caboose, not even Wayne Arnold, even though he's way down there in Dade County. But, you know, when Crystal wants to buy some spots on this station, then we'll give him a lot more plugs. I, I regret that I plugged Steak and Shake so much. I apologize profusely. In fact, probably a lot of people not here anymore. I'm sorry. We'll send them flowers because of my recommended. Well, you know, it used to be great. All I can tell you is my honest opinion. It used to be great, Steak and Shake, over in Tampa, in Orlando, all around the rest of the state. And I guess because they figure most of the people in Sunrise, you know, gum their food anyway, that the burgers can be, like, all falling apart and, like, real greasy. Their burgers suck. Their fries are grotesque. Their shakes are still great. Well, I don't feel so bad now because it's way over there by you. But they're opening up around town, different places. Not, Not certainly not by you. In but Hollywood? I will tell you, I will tell you though, if you want to go get some blood testing done, there's this great place in the industrial <laughs> park over there, right up by where we used to work, huh? You can stop off and say hi to Disney and Cheryl. That address you gave, that's on the east side of University, right? On Taft. The address of what? Where you went to get your blood? No, test? it's on the west side. Okay, but still Taft, right around University. No. Okay. It's Taft around uh, south of Sheridan Street. Well, Taft, all of Taft, I'm, I'm right. ta- ta- west of uh, 441. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. But not far west. Bad. That's, uh... Do you know where I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know exactly where you're talking the, about. You're talking about my doctor's office. Yeah. My, my mother's doctor's <laughs> office. Oh, you're familiar with it? Well, I've driven through there. I've riv- driven through the area. Well, what does that mean? It's just, it's an industrial kind of, uh, low rent. Yeah. Kind of area. Are you knocking at people living in that part of Hollywood? No, I would never. Yes, you are. I think Moe's got a point. Oh, the Beast just came in to tell us what happened this morning on the Moe Howard Show. 
Well, in case anybody missed any of the highlights, I see Randy Moeller was in there with that little uh, bimbo from the uh, Panther organization. Hey, hey, hey. What? She's not a bimbo. I didn't see her. What was her name? Give him the mic, okay? Now he got all bent out of shape because he's got the hots for whatever her name is. That is not a bimbo. Well, what was her name? That's Robin. Robin, and she's what does not she do a there? Bimbo. Does she service the players, or what is no, Robin doing? No, she does not. She's in community relations, and she's very sweet and kind. She's in player relations. No, community in human relations. relations. Horizontal relations—is that what she does? Well, at any rate, Randy said she was good at that's what she not did. Not true at all. He said he said she was good at what she did. She's Joe. a very good friend of mine. Oh, I see. That's what it was all about. More incestuous relations. Why? Is, uh, you getting some of that? <laughs> no. I doubt it. Maybe if you lose another 30 pounds, maybe the next 30. After, you, know, you notice how shiny his head is now that he lost that weight on Balance for Life? His head is shiny, like a beacon. <laughs> yeah, so at least Mo won't get lost now that you're in there in the morning. <laughs> Although he did tell me you were kind of stupid, but that's beside the point. So, and the interesting part of it is they were in there for 10 minutes, and like I told Randy when he came in here to say, Hi, my good friend Randy Motor, Red Deer Randy, former Buffalo Sabre. I said, uh, Gee, you're on there for 10 minutes. I didn't hear any hockey talk. He said, Oh, Mo hates hockey. So even everybody else knows that if the Panther people are going to come in here, they're going to have to talk about other extraneous crap, and certainly not hockey, because Mo don't like it. Just ask Geldy, he'll tell you. If he, if he mentions Puck right away, uh, you know, he gets, ah, let's go to uh, Eddie in uh, Fort Lauderdale. This is Eddie, you know, and then we go on to the next crank call. So anyway, the Beast uh, used to enjoy working here. You better watch yourself, because I'm telling you, he's on pins and needles. Anybody associates with us is bad. In fact, I thought you weren't allowed in here. Are you not allowed to uh, consort with us? Nobody associated with our morning show, the Mo Howard Show, is allowed to associate with us because we're bad guys. He just wants to use the microwave, and you had to mention that he's here. Well, we allowed him to use the microphone. Yeah. For a starter, to defend his close friend Robin, who I'm sure is a lovely, fine young girl, which he's hoping to do. <laughs> and he's nodding his head yes. Nodding his head yes, very enthusiastically. I'm going to have to restrain myself because there's something else that I almost was going to get into, but I'm not going to do it quite yet. I'll wait till I go back to Toronto. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. We all know her name, too. Yes, sir. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I would rather listen to Joe. Uh, George is unlistenable. I tune him out, and um, you agree. Otherwise, you would not have had Joe Costello uh, audition last week. Well, well, wait a minute. When you say I agree, I didn't have... No, he wasn't auditioning. He wasn't auditioning. I thought that since Joe has been doing his own show now for several months, I thought by having the two of them on together, since they've all worked a lot together anyway in the past... I thought that that would make for the strongest combination. That's all when I'm not here. Isn't it a good idea to do what I think is the strongest combination? Well, I wasn't can, auditioning anybody. Well, you can do whatever you want. It's your 1979. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I already did what you said three times, by the way. I had to dump what he said, but you can, it began with an S. I had three big uh, Mo Howards this morning already, thanks to P.D. Lenny. Thank you so much, P.D., for cleaning out my system. See, when you got it, and don't I sound better already? Much. I feel better. Not hacking. Yeah, because when you got that that flu, the cold, whatever the hell it is, you know, the doctor looked at yeah, you got some congestion. What a doctor, the one that stuck his finger in my... Rectum. With or without a glove. And I think it was his finger. I sure hope so. I mean, I don't know him that well yet. And he sure wasn't my type. In addition to which, uh, well, 5670560. Oh, so there's an enthousi- a little uh, shot of George. Uh, an enthusiastic vote for Joe. The poll, boy, look at that. We got 81 votes in uh, in a heartbeat. Look at that. This is going to get a lot of votes here today. I'm telling you that now because the audience feels to be feeling strong about this. Oh, and of course, I know somebody that just pulled off the road. You know those places where you can go and you can buy the hour, rent the computers? The library? Well, places like that. They have commercial places like that. Oh, I didn't can, know that. Yeah, Internet places. Well, anyway, somebody on the way back home, uh, I, this is just a rumor, pulled off to vote on this uh, that you sucked. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't want to mention no names on the air, okay? Will Chamberlain rape me? 
when Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe so? Uh, so? George was good. So, so. Joe sucked. 18. 18. George was good. Joe sucked. Now, don't give me a look like that. Joe's not going to take it personal. Oh, you think he will? I just figured the other ones would have gotten something. I listened a lot. It was fine. 16. You should be like very that. happy. You should be pleased, especially since you've been on, a, on the verge of getting canned for like the last several weeks because somebody hates your guts. I listened very little. I hated it. 16. I didn't listen to it, period. 15, including me. Of course, I was in Amsterdam. Uh, I listened every day. It was great. 13. And Joe was good. George sucked. 7. So you got like 23, George was good, Joe sucked 23. Are there, is the audience following this? No. I know it's a little confusing the way I worded it, but I'm trying to give everybody a chance to get ripped. We're equal opportunity rippers on this show. 9.56 at 5.60. So what, what day are you getting on the scale? Probably probably should do it tomorrow, because tomorrow's my last day before I get out of here. I want to witness the scale. I don't, you know, because these reports, not that I doubt the veracity, but I want to see it myself. All he right? takes his shoes off. But well, of course. All. Oh, and I had to get weighed with my shoes on at the doctor yesterday. Oh. I don't like that. I hate that. And I got these nice, heavy New Balance walking shoes. They're great shoes, but they're they're heavy. Plus, I have my wallet with all that money in it, which I wish they would have noticed there was a big, fat wallet with checks and money in it. So they wouldn't have sent me to that place for indigent uh, schleppers to get the blood test, which I didn't stay there. Yeah, they sent me to a place that's like a uh, place for schleppers where you can't where you have no insurance. I didn't realize it. And everybody in there is a bunch of schwarzers and deadbeats, and I don't want to be redundant, but it was terrible. Thanks, Ma. You really know how to do it, sweetheart. This is the same woman who spent $2,300 for a hearing aid that she can't wear. Why not? What? Doesn't fit. Huh? Hey, it's springtime again. That means one thing. Time to clean up that house. That's right. Eliminate the carpets of the dirt and the germs and dust that uh, cause all your allergies to flare up. It's the time to call the best in the universe dry concepts. Some of my best friends over there. I've been doing business with them for well over 20 years. I bet you it's getting close to, well, let's see. They've been here since 79, 23 years. And most of that time, I've been having them clean my carpets in my house because they're phenomenal. There's some of the people in this town, some of the few you can really count on. Dry Concepts technicians are schooled and certified by the Institute of Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration. In other words, to make a long story short, they really know your, their crap and your crap, too. And they give you a written guaranteed price before they start doing the work, so you don't have to worry about getting ripped off when they get done. When the job is finished, your carpets are dry in a couple of hours, and you're going to have a big smile on your puss. You're ready to rock and roll again. So get everything in tip-top shape now that spring is coming to a close. Pick up the phone and call our good friends at Dry Concepts. Believe me, they'll never let you down. And they also do a stupendous job of cleaning your furniture and drapery and upholstery as well. In Broward, call Dry Concepts at 954-370-7778. 954-370-7778. In Dayton, Palm Beach, you can call them toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Clean today. You'll be able to entertain tonight with Dry Concepts. Promise Keepers, storm the gates. We put a retarded girl in our all-new Mitsubishi to show you how well it drives. Our agency thought this would move some product out of the showroom. Look at her go. This is funnier than watching retards at the park. If someone that severely retarded can have that much fun in a new... She's not retarded! Huh? She's having an epileptic fit! Hey, what?
Watch out for the... 1001 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday, too. By the way, like I said, George is going to be doing the show alone on Thursday. Not that I'm influenced by the audience, you understand, but in this particular case. And the good news is I get a very nice fax from my Ed. I don't want to mention his last name on the air, but thank you very much about lab test. And he's got an independent lab, and he's got the location here, which is not uh, at all inconvenient for me. It says you can come in early before your show if you need uh, to fast for your test or any time after your show. See, one thing about me, I was fasting yesterday, even though it was like uh, by the time I got to that awful place on the industrial park, it was like almost 2 o'clock already. It was after 2 o'clock. And I was fasting. I wasn't going to pass out. You don't have to worry about me. I don't have low blood sugar, okay? Do I look like I'm missing any meals? I'm not going to pass out from not eating until after 2. Did somebody mess with the thermostat in here? Is it warm in it's here? It's a little warm in here, yeah. It's a little no, warm in I'll here, go, folks. Just, don't, just, yeah, no, I'll, I'll take care of it. All right. <laughs> Man, just you can schwitz your brains out. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, it's hot in here. So anyway, thank you very much, Ed, and I'll be calling you after the show, and I'll take advantage of your services, which means I guess I can't eat again tomorrow during the show, which will be good. Good for me and good for the audience, too, instead of all these stupid interruptions because Neil can't, uh, you know, hold his bowels during the show. Pretty embarrassing, you know, guy 59 years old. Oh, am I starting with that age stuff again? Look at that. There he is, their holy Moses, which is almost as good as Jesus Christ, but not quite. Anyway, here's an interesting fax from the uh, Cleveland Plain Dealer somebody just sent in. It says, while few would decline an invitation to dine with the President and First Lady, Robert Kirkpatrick has no choice but to say no thanks. The dinner is June 19th. He'll be in prison until 2004. The Stark County native received a fundraising letter from Vice President Dick Cheney asking him to join the President and Mrs. Bush for a private dinner here in Washington, D.C. The May 8th invitation to the $2,500 per plate dinner was addressed to Kirkpatrick in prison, complete with his inmate number, and it's got the number, Cheney asked Kirkpatrick to serve as a representative of St. Clairsville, home to the Belmont Correctional Institution, where he's serving 35 months for drug possession and escape. A special place of your honor has already been reserved for you to recognize your steadfast support of President Bush, the letter said. Kirkpatrick says he's never given Bush a dime. <laughs> and we wonder why they can't uh, catch the terrorists. Why they're screwing up there in our government. They're sending out invitations to the White House to people who are like uh, scumbags in prison who never gave them a dime. I'm going to tell him I'd be happy to attend, but he's going to have to pull some strings to get me there, Kirkpatrick said. A White House spokesperson referred questions to the National Republican Senatorial Committee, saying it's their event. The committee did not return. <laughs> I can't imagine why. The committee didn't return call-seeking comment. Can't imagine why. More embarrassment for your president, huh? God. All I can say about him is... It's stupid. Yeah. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T. And Verizon Wireless Line. Next thing, you're going to be saying invitation to... Jesus Christ. I bet you he's tied up, too, on that day. Can't show up. I, In fact, you know something? The guy's only working three hours anyway. We can make him work an extra hour every day. The Neil and Mo show. We can have, like, an hour segment. And we'll just drop in... Jesus Christ. All of his lines like that. Here's the problem with George. Yeah. He's stupid. There you go. And at least get another hour out of him, for crying out loud. I mean, even at his advanced age, he can do four hours for that kind of money. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. I'm sure glad I came back, man. Oh, oh this is more fun I've had in uh, at least a week. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, do you think George could afford Balance for Life if he had to pay for it? No. Every day, this guy. Yeah. Every so, day. So what, what difference does it make? You're just jealous that you don't get freebies, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah, you're jealous that you don't get freebies. Well, he what was a chronic with something else. I forget what. Yeah. Now this is his new kid. But the good news is he's still listening. Slot. I'll guarantee you listened right through your being on and Joe being on and my being sick and everything else. Every, every single, single day. Just day. like that old New Yorker that called in yesterday, that, that sourpuss. 
What makes you think that we're, we have to listen to you read the newspaper? You don't have to listen to anything, schmuck. By the way, I could afford it. By the way, something? 567, well, I'll tell you, not much response here on his phone. I thought that's what they wanted with these stupid phone calls. And believe me, they sure are, if you pardon the expression. Stupid. WQAM. I, 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 I. See what I mean? They are. WQAM. Hey, Neil, what's going on? Yes, sir. Hey, can I uh, talk to George for a sec? Or, no, uh, no, you can't. Couple? Well, George oh, is listening. What, what do you want? I saw George over the weekend at the, uh, at the uh, Singular Wireless. I gave him some CDs. I want to know what he thought. At the what? Oh, thank you. I'm enjoying them very much. You dig them or what? Yes, thank you. What were All they? Right, very cool. Mixed stuff, CDs, dance mixes. Bro. Oh, okay. You want some? Okay, don't do... No, I don't want any. Don't, I got more music than you'll ever see in your lifetime, pal. Don't mess with me with music, okay? I know where the music's coming from. I live where the music's coming from. I don't have to get a bunch of cheap CDs like you because George is, you know, snoring freebies like Balance for Life. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT. I'll tell you, it's so great being back here, but you know what? I do it right. I do it right. Three days in April, three days in June, and then bye-bye. See you in October. I did it right this time. For once in my life, I did it right. God. Because believe you me, well, actually five days here, Saturday and Sunday didn't count except winning for that big 50 bucks at the track. And let me say it again, Miriam Tolan, stay off the racetrack, okay? Don't go out there again, sweetheart, before you kill somebody next time. Keep her off of there, dick. What the hell's wrong with you people? See, one thing, I don't want to knock my good friends at Pompano Park, but all through the years there's been one philosophy, and that is that at Pompano Park, everybody's a driver. My little dog Tiny could get in the sulky and drive over there. He'd be a driver. They list him in the program. Cut the crap, guys, before somebody gets killed. WQAM. Hello? Yes, sir. George. Yeah. Fill the mailman on a mobile. Fill the what? Mailman on oh, a mobile. Oh, fill the mailman. Let's go to fill the mailman on a mobile. Hello? Hello? Bill. Oh, Bill the mailman. Neil. How you doing, Bill? What happened to our Maple Leafs? What happened to them? They were beat up and uh, bloodied, and they uh, did a very valiant job, and they lost. That's what happened, Bill. Yeah, but this next series is going to be great. Detroit's going to beat them in three. Beat him in three. <laughs> There's another South Florida hockey uh, expert. They're going to beat him in three straight. <laughs> in fact, maybe he can call up Mo and talk some hockey tomorrow. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a match made in heaven. Stupid. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on it. Seriously, we he this guy could be having the time of his life. You know, he really could be having a great time here. And instead, he takes it all personal. That, that's what just amazes me. We're having a good time, Mo. Not at your expense. Well, partly at your expense. But what's wrong with that? He could have a good time at my expense. It don't bother me. I, I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that after yesterday, after I walked out of there yesterday morning, that he was bent out of shape. It, it just shocks me. thought that I was attacking him. He, I didn't intrude on his show. Did I say I think I'm going to go in here and bust his balls on his show? Did I say that? No. no. He sent a messenger in here to invite me to come on and to wish him happy birthday, to suck his ass and wish him a happy 69th birthday. And then after I did that, and, uh, you know, I turned around to walk out, hey, aren't you going to sit down? They invited me to sit around for a few minutes, and I did. And we had a great time. We had a gay old time. It was great. Oh, yeah, a little tongue action there. Geldy was trying to get in on it. He did have yeah. the biggest penis in the room, though, Geldy, I'll tell you that. And then, of course, when I did that thing with Tom Brady, and I say, and of course, I can't believe he was doing that stupid thing about it. if you could be one person in the world who would, I mean, that kind of stuff went out with like uh, knickers, okay, Mo? Those kind of shows. If you could be one sports uh, person, uh, who is your, if you could interview one sports, you know, it's like 85 different variations on the same theme. And so I said, Tom Brady, and what was wrong with that? There are a lot of us who wouldn't mind being Tom Brady, huh? Like being that young, like being that tall, like to have the, you know, the muscle, the body like that. Like to be getting all the action he's getting, whatever the hell it might be. 
And I'd like to have a penis that big, too. I'll tell you that right now. And I've never seen Tom Brady's penis, but being like 6'4", I would imagine he's probably hung like a goddamn gorilla. Not that it's a big McGilla, but nonetheless, I know I'm being stupid. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Time line, whatever the hell it is. I'm, I'm just I'm just blown away. Well, it's good the Beast is sitting in there. I shouldn't mention the Beast is sitting there. I'll probably get fired tomorrow. Oh, Beast is not sitting in there. It's just an image. It's a mirage. It's just like a little puddle of what it's used to be. It's a pocket of it's, fat air. It's a pocket of 30 pounds of fat air of what it used to have. Or maybe it's a pocket <laughs> like the one I left there in the tea room before. A gigantic pocket after I took those two big Howard Davids. Hey, the Beast has lost 30 pounds on Balance for Life, and you can do the same thing. They came to my house last night and knocked on the door and left me my little black sack. Now, I don't have it here this morning, and I wish I did, because then I would have eaten that stuff that Petey Lenny brought in that made me crap my brains out. Balance for Life, by the way, speaking of your bowel movements, will make give you some of the loveliest bowel movements you ever had in your life, because it's great food. The quality uh, ingredients and everything they make really uh, get your stomach straightened out, too. And if you have IBS, it's almost like an instant cure. Trust me when I tell you. Three hormonally balanced gourmet meals, two delicious snacks, even a little 16-ounce bottled water. That's what you'll find in your little black sack every morning, which they deliver right to you by 6 a.m. at home, at work, wherever you want, promptly every day. So get in shape for summer starting right now. Don't forget, they even let you choose for between two alternatives for each meal for every day that you're on the program. Please don't forget, pass on to Baba Ganoush. Just say no to Baba Ganoush. Call Balance for a Life right now. They do all the work. You don't have to do shopping. You don't have to count calories or carbs. The weight will just melt off you, just like the formerly gigantic, humongous beast. Call Balance for Life at 954-568-3229. 954-568-3229 or check out their website. Sports Radio 560. And beat that gator meat. Trends good, doesn't it? I love that. Ten fourteen at five sixty WQAM. Well, I tell you, Joe, it's a good thing he's sleeping right now because they are just ripping him an ass, and the votes are pouring in on this poll. We might break a record for a during the show uh, number hundred and fifty six, and this poll didn't go up to like what about ten forty something like that. Ten forty. Nine forty. Well, that's uh, maritime time, something like that. Ten four. 
Here's a fax from Ron in Fort Lauderdale. Well, we got 150 to 61 votes. George was good. Joe, this is, uh, let me read it again in case anybody tuned in late, which we can, well, you missed the good stuff. I'll tell you that right now. You probably didn't even hear that. Will Chamberlain rate me? While Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and the Joe show? We asked. George was good. Joe sucked. 39. I didn't listen to it. 34. I listened a lot. It was fine. 28. I listened very little. I hated it. 27. I listened every day. It was great. 20. And Joe is good. George sucked. 13. There's six different categories there, so it's kind of hard to keep track, which is the way I did it intentionally. Keep you off guard, off balance. So George gets uh, very high marks there. George was good. Joe sucked. 39. And Joe was good. George sucked. 13. So, like I said, Joe will not be doing the Neil Rogers show again, but it was a wonderful experience for him, and he's very grateful, and left me a couple of nice messages on my voicemail in Toronto, and uh, great knowing you, Joe. Stay off the show. <laughs> now, what are you looking like that for? He's not going to, like, stop being your friend or my friend. I this know. Is, I just, this is business, and you're just too much of a weak sister, okay? I, I love him dearly. Yeah, so? Well, I don't want to get into that unless you want to talk about it at length. I know you guys go to Treasure Island a lot. Maybe there's something going on there we don't know about. That's what Moses just told me. Or are you not supposed to be in here? Are you supposed? See, I can't figure out what to say or what not to say because we got so many people who are not supposed to be in this place, and so I just I don't know what to say at this point. Or that was the last time I was here. You weren't supposed to be here, right? He wasn't here last time. Anyway, Ron in Fort Lauderdale says thanks for the information regarding the citrus uh, canker saga. It's the Florida Agricultural Department. If, if they're so concerned about saving the billion-dollar Florida citrus industry and continually use the cutting down any citrus tree with a 1,900-foot radius of an infected canker tree, then why don't they just cut down the infected trees within 1,900 feet of the citrus industry trees? There you go. Yeah, it says, thanks again for the interesting update today, and you're welcome, Ron, and Fort Lauderdale. Keep fighting the good fight, baby. Keep fighting those fascists up there in Tallahassee who, by the way, can't find this is your state in action. It's just only a coincidence I happen to have this story next in my pile, if you pardon that expression. Florida can't find a thousand kids in state custody. It's not just little Rhea. She's only the tip of the iceberg. She's just the crack baby of the iceberg, if you pardon that expression. Florida's Child Welfare Agency said yesterday it was unable to account for about a thousand children in its system, including about 400 believed to have run away and more than 100 others missing because a non-custodial parent or relative took them. You just hope and pray that nothing happens, and you do your darndest to find them, said Larry Pintacuda, the Assistant Secretary of Operations for the Florida Department of Children and Families. This is a disgrace. This is a disgrace, and what's even a bigger disgrace is that the Democratic Party can't find a real candidate, anybody living and breathing, to run against Jeb Bush, because we could kick his ass. Could send him right back there to Texas to see if he can help fix more uh, elections. But, you know, he won't have to worry about fixing this one, because the fix is already in. Because as far as I'm concerned, the potential Democratic candidate looks a little shaky to me. As soon as any kid we think is missing, we're notifying law enforcement, said Larry Pintacuda. The agency made the announcement after caseworkers tried to visit 46,403 children under the agency's jurisdiction last month. Governor Bush ordered the agency to see all the children after the Department of April revealed that five-year-old Rilia had not been counted for in 15 months. But the department's review seemed to raise more questions than answers. The agency couldn't answer whether the review turned up any new cases of missing children or if any children were located in areas different from where they were supposed to be. In addition, the report's numbers of missing children differ from what the Department of Law Enforcement said it had, the agency had given them. The law enforcement agency said the DCF reported 155 missing them through May. In a conference call with reporters, Pinnacuda said 972 were unaccounted for. Not 155, 972. He said 401 were classified as runaways, 135 were listed as absconded, taken by a non-custodial parent or relative, 421 were listed as out-of-state, reported to be in placements out-of-state, but caseworkers in those states did not visit them, 
Ten were missing because the family had moved or was on vacation. Caseworkers could not visit four other children because of court orders preventing them from doing so. Pinnacota said the agency hopes to interview 265 more children by the end of the week, saying caseworkers ran out of time to interview them last month. Asked that the agency definitely knows where those children are, Pinnacota said, until you see them, we don't know, but we think we know where they are. Yeah, in other words, somewhere between like North Carolina and Utah. Somewhere between the Mexican border and Vancouver. Pintacuda defended the agency's work, saying the goal to interview all children in one month was extremely ambitious. He said no state in this country interviewed as many children as the caseworkers in Florida did last month. He said the number of runaways was not unusual because the kids come and they go. Pintacuda said the agency interviewed about 98% of the children, while state and federal law requires 90%. I don't know if we'll ever see 100%, he said. Our people did a heck of a job. But when a reporter said the agency still fell short of the governor's order, Pintacuda responded, you're right. The governor's office, of course, like everybody else in the state, had no immediate comment. They're mum. And they're not returning phone calls, and they don't want to be bothered. And they're busy out buying new Brooks Brothers suits with your taxpayer money, just like Greg. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM. Hey, I heard Defoe's got the ball and chain off. Maybe they can bring him back. Yeah, at least he had. At least he had a personality. Yeah. And wasn't uptight. At least he had a sense of humor. Even about his uh, arrest and everything, he had a sense of humor. I'll say that for him. Right. Yes, he does. Promote my name, didn't have any problem with George. And I, the rumor I'm hearing is that Joe Rose is just itching to get back on the radio. Where'd you hear that? I think you told me that. I did not. I'd see, well, you're trying to dig a hole, so I'm like, you know, offering you an added right, shovel. I'll jump in. 5670560, oh, we got it. Look, I'm, we're going to have, uh, by 1030, we're going to have over 200 votes already. We're going to bust all the records today. That's how big this response is. That's how strongly this audience feels. <laughs> See, now I start getting a little bit suspicious. When Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? We got 199 votes in much less than an hour. I mean, if, if you extrapolate that, if you like expand that out, that would be we're going to like 800 votes by the time I leave at 1 o'clock. I don't think so. <coughs> but they feel strongly about it, like I said. George was good. Joe sucked 45. I didn't listen to it. 36. I listened very little. I hated it, 33. So categories 2 and 3 is about 35%, which is about like usual, about 35%. I listened a lot. It was fine, 32. Joe was good. George sucked, 29. Oh, he's making a comeback now. George, uh, Joe is probably awake. He's probably on the phone with all his buddies, all his race car fans. Listen every day was great, 24. So that's the lay of the land on that thing right now. It's, uh, sm- it's smoking. WQAM. Hey, George. How you doing? Okay. Hey, I like you, okay? Yeah. No, uh, but... What's wrong with you people at FPNL? You guys suck. You guys continue to suck. There's not a pigeon even in the sky. And it's the same old sick, uh, tired crap. It's me again, Bob. Douche when you're done. Yeah, douche this, Bob. You schmuck. Oh, here's a fax from uh, Angel who says... Oh, this is one of those chronics, I think. Yesterday I tried to call Mo to see if he asked... uh, me, who did I want to be instead of myself? I was going to say Greg Reed so I can fire your ass. God, he sucks. I couldn't get in because in, in his freaking family called 20 times each. I miss Defoe, and that's a lot to say, says Angel. How do you like that? Knocking poor Mo. I'm going to tell you something, Angel. There's only one thing we can say about you, and believe me. Stupid. Is the word. But a good point. 
Let's see, Harry Bush, do we have any idea? Also, uh, Nate, uh, I don't know what the hell this is. Uncle Hyman Bush. I have no idea what this is. Anybody? Somebody sends me somebody's obituary, and I have no idea who the hell that was. Some Bush. Not spelled like the president. Man used chainsaw to kill himself, police say. West Palm Beach. A landscaper took his own life with a gas-powered chainsaw on the top deck of the Esperanti building garage late last night, according to police. A maintenance employee beginning work found vital uh, men menenzies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 33, dead in bed of his pickup truck shortly before 6 a.m. A style chainsaw that he cut halfway through his neck from behind Steel. was... What? Steel, the brand name. S-T-I-A... Well, I figured... A uh, STIHL chainsaw that cut halfway through his neck from behind was still in his hands. Well, if it was from behind, how do they know he done it? How do you cut yourself from behind? Reach around. Police did not suspect anyone else was involved in his death. Menezes of Lake Worth had a history of arrest that began when he was 17 on charges that included kidnapping, sex offense against a child, and battery. But it says he had a uh, cut halfway through his neck from behind, and the chainsaw was still in his hands. I, how do you how do you do that? Well, it ain't easy, but you can do it. Well, I guess he succeeded. I guess if you're determined, you can get it done. Five, six, seven. Oh, I guess we better go back to our friend. He's probably not still there. Hello. Neil, he is doing? there, like I said. We had a power failure, but you're still there. I know. There. I still heard you, though. Loud and clear. How you doing? Okay. Uh, we're going to miss you. I'm the one who was always called. I well, what do you mean? We're, what, do we, what does that mean, we're going to miss you? What, what does that mean? No, I mean, over the summer. When you go to, Net, when you go to the Netherlands. Oh, well, I'll be on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, I'm I'm the one, Frank. I'm the one who calls who is in the Air Force based over there. Yeah. Say, I mean, what part of uh, the Netherlands do you say? Just Amsterdam? Do you yeah. Travel all around. Amsterdam. Have you ever been to Utrecht? No. Okay. Now I hear I'm... Utrecht's pretty boring. No, actually, it's pretty. Uh, the Queen Mother of lives over there. Like I said, I hear it's, we got enough queens in Amsterdam. We don't need to go to Utrecht. Yeah, I know. But I just want to say, I think George does a great job. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. And by the way, he said you're not his type. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Got a lot of lines open here today. I'll tell you that right now. Boy, I'm not going to tell you one thing. I'm not going to go back and beg for calls. i got a whole stack of crap here. It'll take me up till midnight if I want to continue going. 236 votes. What did I tell you? I might get to 300 votes by the time we get through with an hour. We might bust all records here today. Because George and Joe both have their uh, buddies on the phone call. They got the internet uh, chat lines going. I saw George run and uh, throw a rock out the window. He had a pigeon waiting there to take the message, spread it around town, drop See a little number. Stopped calling out since that thing started. Right. 236 votes while Neil was on vacation. How do you like the George and Joe show? George was good. Joe sucked. 52 people said that. I listened very little. I hated it. 41. George, Joe was good. George sucked 40. <laughs> yeah. Not that you're being a little bit obvious out there. Those of you trying to dick with our poll today. I didn't listen to it 38. Listened a lot. It was fine. 37. I listened every day. It was great. 28. We don't want to get too carried away with that crap. Speaking of crap, Petey Lenny brought out the best in me this morning. That's right. Three gigantic ones. Anyway, and that, of course, reminds me of our good friends at Delights of West Boca. And I will say this, if you're one of those people with a sensitive stomach, some of that carbohydrate-free stuff, read the labels very carefully. That's my suggestion to you. That's right. If you're one of those overweight people, and we know there are plenty of you out there, we want to welcome back an uh, outfit who can help you squeeze you into a really uh, nice bathing suit this summer. Delights of West Boca, the oldest and largest low-carb superstore in South Florida, and the official Atkins Diet Center. 
Dieting is amazing these days because with the introduction of Splenda, a lot of those diet products have dropped the sweeteners that were harsh on your stomach, like I was just saying only moments ago. But unfortunately, P.D. Lenny don't bring any of those good new ones in. The Lights of Voice Boca carries thousands of diet products, supplements, vitamins, diet books, everything you need to lose the pounds you thought were so hard to get rid of. The Lights also carries the largest selection of bakery products like pancake mix, breads, cookies, cheesecakes, brownies, muffins, and eclairs. And the Lights also carries low-carbon, sugar-free products like pasta, sauces, ketchup, crackers, candy, champion light, chocolate, and their famous Carbolite ice cream, too. Head to Delights of West Boca and try before you buy. That's right, you can taste anything in the store before you have to make a purchase. The knowledgeable staff at Delights will put you on the right path to getting slim. Call 1-877-LOW-CARB or check out their website, lowcarb.com. And, of course, you can visit their store. It's on the northeast corner of Glades and 441 in Boca. Please tell that old Neil sent you by. Delights of West Boca, your... Neil Rogers got. Gay. Rosie O'Donnell can't believe she's gay. A big fan of the WNBA. Yes. Rosie O'Donnell, it must be a ruse. For all of these years, you claim to love Tom Cruise. Gay. Christ. 10.31 at 5.60 WQAM. So we got the uh, game players down the street. We haven't heard from them in a little while now. The ones that like to manipulate our poll, so to speak. And they're diddling with it, man. First they had George Way there in the lead, and they were like pumping in all the phony votes. And now they're pumping them all in for Joe. Maybe there are two or three groups that play with the poll. 55. 55 say George was good, Joe sucked. But now 51 say Joe was good and George sucked. <laughs> I love it. Five six seven oh five. I'm gonna get back to my stuff. Okay, I'm not gonna like pump the numbers. I thought we'd actually get a bunch of calls here for three days. See, when you don't even have enough phone calls to fill up two days, that tells you it's just been a waste of time all these years. That I finally did the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. The right thing. WQAM. Hi. Yes, sir. Screamless. Awesome. Yep. Um. Okay. George and uh, and Joe. Joe's. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. He's not that bad. Except mm-hmm. when he talks about cars. The thing that's really... Well, first of all, George is, uh, we, as we know, he's a mumbler. But he's also a moper and a grumbler. Whenever Mumbler, guys, moper, and, grumble, and grumbler. And don't forget, beside that... He's stupid. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. Um, yeah, and whenever Joe is talking, that's when you really... It sounds like like George like is resentful. Like he, he would grumble and mope and... I don't know. George... Just stick to your day job. You're a good side man. And the other thing is, Star Wars blows. Any talk of Star Wars blows, it's it's boring. It's nerdy. Ponderous. Oh, God, it's terminal. Yeah. Please, stop it. Okay. I'm out of material. You won't hear about it on this show, I'll tell you that. So how's that Hayden Christensen doing? 27 to 11 at 560 WQAM, 5670560, pound 560 on it. I'm going to go to my uh, stuff here. I might take some calls later on if these people get some material, which I doubt. 
Let's face it, you don't have it, folks. You don't have it. You never did have it. U.S. Oh, I heard the guy with the eyes got on here this morning. That's just a rumor that I'm spreading now, but it uh, happens to be a true one. The guy with the eyes was on. Oh, my God. I'd rather hear that retarded Steve caller. U.S. bishops to propose ousting abusive priests. You know, it's not only hot in here, but it's clammy. I think the A.C. is out, don't you? Must be. Maybe when the power went out when we had that little blip there, because it's, it's hot and clammy. See, I haven't had that problem up in Toronto in my apartment. I can control it, get as much A.C. as I want in there. I can open up a window, get a nice breeze between my knees, whatever I need. And here, just on the second morning already, it's hot and it's steamy and it's clammy and it's uncomfortable. I think the A.C. is out in this goddamn building. This place is a turlet. And let me just tell you one other thing. Make a prediction, and I hope for your sake you're not the one. Somebody's going to either wind up getting killed or stranded for a hell of a long time in that elevator this summer because that thing, whoever the inspector is, ought to be in prison. Whoever inspects the elevators in this building. I got in that thing this morning, and it just kind of like hesitated. I pressed the button, uh, it hesitated, and then clunk. You felt this loud clunk, and then all of a sudden it took off. It's a thrill ride. We ought to sell tickets. Jesus, K. Christ, are you kidding me, Greg? U.S. bishops to, pro to propose, I still can't read it, ousting abusive priest. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is proposing to ask the Pope to defrock every priest who sexually abuses a minor in the future, as well as any priest who's abused more than one minor in the past, according to a draft policy, to be released today. The bishops, as expected, will also suggest a requirement that every diocese in the country report all accusations of sexual abuse of minors to secular authorities for investigation. And the bishops are expected to offer an apology uh, not only for the behavior of abusive priests, but also for the mishandling of abusive priests by bishops. The recommendations are part of a draft charter for the protection of children and young people that the bishops will debate and vote on in a meeting in Dallas next week. The draft was released to bishops yesterday, and a copy was obtained by the Boston Globe. It will be issued publicly in Washington, D.C., where the bishops' organization is based. Our beloved church is experiencing a crisis without precedent in our times, the draft document says. From the depths of our hearts, we express great sorrow and profound regret for what the Catholic people have had to endure. How about the people who weren't Catholic? How about the rest of the world who had to put up with all this phony bullcrap? The sexual abuse of children and young people by some priests and bishops and the ways in which these crimes and sins were too often dealt with by the bishops have caused enormous pain, anger, and confusion, they be saying. They've strained the bonds of trust that should unite us. The proposal was crafted by an eight-member committee of bishops that's met over the last several months in an effort to respond to the clergy sex abuse crisis roiling the church. There's that word again, roiling. We love it. CCR used it in most of their songs. Roiling. This is a real... Oh, there's the AC just came out again. Somebody must have uh, been diddling with it. Didn't I tell Maybe you? They heard you. Yeah. This is a real turning point, Bishop George H. Niederauer of Salt Lake City, a member of the Sex Abuse Committee, said in a telephone interview, Never until now have we successfully committed ourselves to this and convinced each other in the church that we must follow these principles. And it goes on at great, great length. But, you know, it's another dog and pony show, and they're trying to save puss. You know, Jimmy Carter was trying to push puss in Bosnia. These people are still trying to save puss in Dallas with this big meeting, the dog and pony show that's going on. And let me say it again. Jail is the term we ought to be thinking about. Sending them to jail, turning them over to the authorities, having them uh, convicted and uh, put away for a long time. Put in a very, very small cell with Al Goldstein for weeks at a time. British rockers help Queen celebrate. You know, the, the media here, I don't know why, because I hate to break the news to you, nobody in this country gives a crap about this. Nobody. There are more people who care about the Skakel trial than nobody cares about that. And it's going to the jury this morning, by the way. It's in their hands. British rockers help Queen celebrate. Thousands cheered Queen Elizabeth II yesterday as she rode through the streets of London in a resplendent procession, escorted by cavalry and mounted bands to celebrate the 50th anniversary of her reign. 
Excited spectators, many clutching British flags, gathered along the route hours before the procession from Buckingham Palace to St. Paul's Cathedral. After the exuberance of a celebratory rock concert Monday night, it was time for a solemn regal celebration of the Queen's 50 years as monarch to culminate four days of celebration. It's going on. Well, let's see. It's, yeah, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. They're still doing it right now. No, it's 3.30. They're five hours. Yeah, they're an hour behind the rest of Europe, literally and figuratively, in every way possible. They don't have the euro. They don't have squat. All they got is the freaking queen and all these silly people, these prissy people running around with the big tiaras and the diamonds and all the expensive crap while they're schlepping. That's right. Just like all the people in the United States, I see a great similarity between the, the British monarchy and the Catholic Church. Pomp. Pomp and circumcise. That's what it's all about. And by the way, Pete Lenny, I'm getting ready for a number four. Yeah, everybody out there knows what number one is and what number two is. I'm already this morning up to number four. How do you like that? Here, have one of these sugar-free cough drops. Yeah, that should kick it in real good. Now, isn't there another, like, uh, 60 in that break there? Because I don't think two minutes is going to... Oh, I see. Look at that. I don't even have a live in there. I think that might cut it. That's a, uh, a lifesaver, so I'll to have speak. something ready. How about some sugar-free lifesavers? All I can say to you, Petey Lenny, is... Jesus Christ. Don't come in here again with that crap. You, you crazy person, you. It's just, it's just like, we might as well put it on a videotape. It's the same scene over and over again. He keeps coming here with that stuff every time I show up here, putting it in front of my face. I say, get it out of here. No, no, but this is brand new. Yeah. All the same stuff, the same act. And then within a half an hour, I'm on the, I'm on the throne running back up and down the hall like some kind of a jackass. Maybe we can get MTV to come in here and film the next episode. 292 votes, and I bet you at least 100 of them are real. In fact, it's probably up to 300 by the time. Yeah, look at that, exactly 300. When Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? George was good, Joe sucked, 62. Joe was good, George sucked, 62. <laughs> I listened a lot, it was fine, 50. I didn't listen to it, 47. I listened very little, I hated it, 45. I listened every day, it was great, 34. And like... Mornings, and all week long, too. Sixty nine on Sports Radio 560 QAM. It'll make you sh. Yeah, they want us to find a way to reimburse them for back pay from 200 years ago when they were slaves. Well, I only have a mobile home. A pit bull and a pinch of gold. So if you wanna ask me how, here's what I gotta say. You've got to kiss a nigger good morning. And tell him that you're sorry for enslaving them all. Kiss a nigger good morning. And that's for everybody who is dead and gone. I was born in 1802 Owning slaves ain't something I do But what were dead people did to you I have to take the blame Would you settle for an old Pontiac With a can of smelly cherry in back Instead of 40 acres and a mule I have a better way You've got to Kiss a nigger good morning Land one on Halle Perry, Morgan Freeman too Kiss a nigger good morning And that's your restitution for enslaving you 
kiss a nigger good morning And tell him that you're sorry for enslaving them all Stupid You got to kiss a nigger good morning that's where everybody who is dead and gone. 10.45. Don't forget, Petey Lenny, you're off my list now, okay? Don't come anywhere near me again. In fact, uh, I, I said this about a year ago, and I should have stuck by my guns. I wasn't going to do any more of his accounts. I'm going to have anything to do with him. And I mean that. He's The man is a killer. I'm back here one day and like less than a half an hour sitting in this chair. And he's already got me sick. My insides are like, like my guts are falling out. From that sorbitol, he just will not stop. But if I'm stupid enough to keep doing it, there's only one place a person to blame. Oh, That's right. The buck stops right here, right at the bull. Fat man in West Palm faxes this in. Two men are in court on drug charges. The judge says, if over the weekend you can persuade enough people to give up drugs, I'll let you two off. Back to court on Monday, the judge asked for the results. I persuaded ten people to give up drugs forever, the first man said. That's great, the judge replies. What did you tell him? I drew two circles, one big one and one small. I told them the big circle was their brain before drugs, and the small circle was their brain after drugs. The other defendant says, I got a hundred people to give up drugs. A hundred? How? asked the judge. Well, I drew the same two circles. I pointed to the small circle and I said, this is your asshole before prison. That's old, but it's kind of cute. You know what I'm saying? Rectum. It had its moments. In fact, I was thinking the same thing. This is my ass before Pete Lenny came in this morning and now. Well, here comes some faxes on a survey. Uh, they don't want to say anything about it on the air, which is interesting, because I'm doing a screenless thing on the phone, and we're getting uh, virtually no response, including no women, of course, as usual. But when it comes to the survey, we got 80 million votes, and some of them are actually legitimate, and many faxes. For example, I agree with almost everything George talks about. I think many of his opinions and views are right on target. However, he is completely incapable of presenting them in an entertaining or interesting manner. He has no talent. With time, Joe may become a good sports broadcaster, but your show isn't the place for practice. Thanks for being on the Internet, says Gerard. P.S. The phony voting on the poll today makes the 2000 election look legitimate. Good point, Gerard. You are absolutely correct, sir. About this poll. But anyway, it's just for fun. Just like this show today, just for fun. But uh, don't confuse them with that fact. Here's what it says. Dear Neil, I turned on your station today in hopes that I would not hear Rodriguez again. Thank God you're feeling better. I used to listen to all four hours, but I just can't anymore. When I hear Rodriguez's monotone, effeminate, pedantic, pseudo-intellectual voice, I feel obliged to change the station. Do you listen to the show? Of course not. The show is boring without you, regardless of what it is it's in for you. Well, when I'm not here, I don't listen to the radio, period. Can you imagine me sitting up there in Toronto when I'm like on a day off or the day I was sick, running into the studio and yeah, turning I it up? Yeah, I see that. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just I'm not a radio person anymore because most of what I hear on radio I wouldn't uh, give you 50 cent for. Running around with your Walkman on. Right. There you go. Like Rimmer, for example. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, okay. And he has no shame. He'll get all defensive after I point that out and say, oh, I should probably get rid of my radio too. And then he'll go right into a thing about, well, Mo said this and George said that. You know, he's... He's uh, taking notes on it all day, right? And I, I understand there's no hockey going on right now, which is a good thing because Mo would be upset if there was. Your station should offer discounts to advertisers whenever Rodriguez speaks. Your own poll suggests 30 to 40 par- for uh, 30 to 45 percent of the audience hates George and turns off when he's on. So you should discount advertising by the same percentage. Have the opinions, uh, have have the onions, or have the onions, and run a poll asking if they turn off the radio when George is on. We're just we're doing that right now. Have the onions. What an asshole this person is. As far as Joe, I think he blows Rodriguez away skill-wise as well. Rodriguez made sure Joe would bomb last week by making Joe feel like Schmidt for competing and Joe being a pussy allowed Rodriguez to do this. P.S. Bob and Tom rule. P.S. Not all Cubans are talentless freeloaders living off others like a parasite. 
So this is some uh, spick, okay. some spick who's accusing you of being a parasite and being like a bad role model for him. Sorry. Stick it, pal. Look at that. We got 74,000 votes on the poll. 340. <laughs> when Neil was on vacation, how did you like the Joe and George show? See, now you notice I switched it around here because leading the way, Joe was good. George sucked 74. George was good. Joe sucked 65. They, he passed you like you were standing still, like you'd been tied up and put in the, uh, on the railroad tracks. I listened a lot. It was fine, 61. I didn't listen to it, 52. I listened very little. I hated it, 50. And I listened every day. It was great, 38. Rough day for Winona Ryder. And I'm sure everybody has seen those pictures on TV about 40 million times. Everybody except you, I guess. You didn't see him? The outside the courtroom video? No, not the outside the courtroom. Where they were shoving and pushing and no. carrying on, where she allegedly got all banged up, and they had the, kind of like a domino effect, a chain reaction, and she like banged her arm. I'm going to tell you something. If I if I have to see, if I have to go to Amsterdam and never come back, if, and and even that won't do it, because they carry CNN International, they got the Kingmeister on there, and also on Fox News, they also got. You know who I'm going to talk about? This Mark Garagos, who's the attorney, not just for uh, Winona Ryder, but also for uh, Gary Condit. So he's on, and he's got, there's something about him. He's got that mustache and that kind of, there's something about the look on his face. You just want to get a baseball bat and just smack him as hard as you can. I just despise that man. Despicable. But at any rate, and boy, talk about a media whore. This, this man is not all, more than 30 minutes at a time. You'll never live more than 30 minutes scanning all the channels without seeing his disgusting, sneering puss on the air. A preliminary hearing into shoplifting charges against Winona Ryder that began with an irked judge ordering the Oscar-nominated actress to appear in court was cut short yesterday when she apparently broke her arm during a media crush. Now, if she could have broken her arm by like a little bit of a shove that was going on there, then uh, good luck to her. Ricketts. In a bizarre twist to a strange day, Ryder's lawyer told Superior Court Judge Eldon Fox that his famous client could not go on with the hearing, which had already been postponed four times because she needed immediate medical attention. It looks like another stalling act to me. Attorney Mark Garagos told Fox that Ryder, in trying to return to court amid a crush of TV cameras and reporters, was struck on her right elbow, which was still sensitive from a previous injury, by a piece of equipment. They did an x-ray, and it turns out she has a broken arm, Garagos said later in an interview on CNN's Larry King Live. There's a fracture on the elbow area. $50. It appears it's a clean fracture, so it looks like it'll heal, he said. Ryder gingerly nursed her right elbow as Judge Fox excused the parties from court and asked that they return on Thursday. She's quite a trooper, I'll tell you, Garagos told CNN. It was kind of like a rugby scrum out there, and she got whacked from behind in the back of the elbow. Her arm and elbow area kind of instantly swelled up. Right, Mark. Garagos said he and a sheriff's deputy talked right. You know what this is like? This is like the mafia guys. You know, remember remember the mafia down that used to walk around up and down the streets in his neighborhood with the bathrobe on late at night? No. Never saw that thing? No. I bet you somebody in the audience even knows the name of that guy. He was one of the mafia dons in Brooklyn somewhere. And he used to walk around in the bathrobe, putting on the act like he was nuts. Did it work? For years, until they finally uh, took his ass away. I think he's dead. The day began with Garagos arriving in court without Ryder, explained to Fox that he was seeking another postponement of the matter despite an earlier admonition by the judge he would not delay the six-month-old case again. So they, they just keep finding ways to delay it. Just delay, delay, stonewall, postpone. Sounds like Nixon and uh, Bush to me. God, she is just uh, wacky as a bedbug. And she thinks it's all a big joke, by the way. She was on Saturday Night Live. She was on some other stupid show the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Just like everything else, there's one set of standards for uh, people with the big, big bucks, and then for all the rest of us, we can go and get our blood drawn at that indigent clinic up on uh, 29th Street. I, st- I still can't get over the fact they sent me to that place. And and I'm so stupid. I really am. Stupid. I'm, I'm sitting in there, and it doesn't sink in uh, like until after about five minutes. Hey, I'm, I don't belong in this place. This is a place for schleppers. <coughs> this is a place for people on welfare. I should, you know, I should give that doctor's uh, address on the air, the name of that building. You know, I really should. Why? Why not? Just to. Uh, it's not his fault that your mom sent you to him. Yeah, I should give my mom's address on the air, bitch. Boy, she's got some freaking nerve sending me to a bunch of fakers like this. And if I could tell you the number of times that she called me, uh, or every time I talked to her from Toronto, oh, and I wrote it down, the name, don't forget the appointment, like she was doing me a big favor. <coughs> whether it's whether it's a car repair shop, whether it's a doctor, an optometrist, whoever it is, there should be a motto. <coughs> Look at that, pure yellow. The motto being this. Oh, you want to see it? The motto being, if Neil's mother goes there... Don't go there. Right? Very simple. I could say the same. <coughs> I'm telling you. Uh, you're not in the running. Showing on it. I am not. It's, it's clear. It's a little yellowish. Uh, it's not even Linda Blair green. <coughs> I was doing pretty good until that last um, number four kicked in. I had to do a number four. Man, am I... Stupid. WQIM. Hey. Yes, sir. Nice to talk to you. And it's nice to talk to you, sir. I've been listening to you since you came to WIOD. I just probably spent 15 minutes on hold just to tell you that that last idiot that called about George's mumbling and grumbling and groping or whatever the hell he was talking about. Groping, yeah. It's total proof that you're right. Your audience has no goddamn life. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, to be worried about stuff like that is just ridiculous. Well, and and you can be sure that he listened every minute that George was on. You can be positive of that. Every stinking day, just like everybody who's sending you a fax. I, I cannot believe <laughs> the absolute idiots that call and talk about that crap. I turn on the radio, I listen, I enjoy it. When you're done, I turn it off, I do something else. No, right. I don't. I listen to the Mad Dog because he's great. There you go. But it, it is unbelievable. These people got no life at all. They can do is critique a radio show. It's yeah, but it, it kills some good time, though. It's a lot of fun. They, they well, love I guess, this. I guess you're right It's the kind that. of stuff that they sink their teeth into because it involves a lot of hate. I hope you feel better. Have a nice day. Thanks a lot. Thank you, sir. Okay. And just remember, it's a radio show. Okay. I keep trying to tell Mo that, and he keeps telling me I'm... Stupid. 5670566. But I was shocked when he said this morning... Will Chamberlain rate me? I was uh, amazed by that. Maybe maybe that's why he's got that bad attitude. Uh, that's why he's a little bit sensitive, a little bit touchy, so to speak. You know? Wreck him. Would sure affect me that way. WQAM. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, what's the update on Rick and Suds now? The update? Yeah. Miss him over here. Well, what, what, what update about what? I mean, I can't believe no one's picked them up. They're just in limbo. Yeah. Well, I, mean, he, I don't know what to tell you. Well, that makes us feel like duty. Yeah. <laughs> Even Defoe is is on. Uh, I mean, what's the deal here? Yeah, but I think Defoe has uh, got sponsors. I think he's buying his way on here, I believe. Yeah, but he's even on in Orlando on, on an AM station over here. Defoe is on in Orlando? Yeah, on 660 AM. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's even getting phone calls. Can you believe it? Not really. I, I sure can't. So I stopped taking them. But nobody knows about Rick and Suds, huh? No, they're, they're on off the ear out, so I can tell you. They're not doing anything. Oh, uh, that sucks. And they sure would like to fill in for me this summer, but I don't know. It's not a very good idea, I don't think. Well, George and Joe are kind of weak, so maybe. Like I said, Rick and Suds this summer. Now, George is good. <laughs> okay. See ya.
<laughs> yeah, Rick was calling around. That was back during the time the rumors were being circulated all around town about your ass being canned because Mo was all bent out of shape about those emails and denying it. And Greg was again making Duff lie and be the intermediary. Of course, Duff just kind of like disappeared. We haven't seen uh, that one, that child for a while. He's He's gone out to cool his brains out for a while. Because this place just, you know, you just can't tolerate working for Greg Reed too long because he just, uh, he just don't know how to do it. He just keeps screwing up people's lives over and over again. That's what he does best. He screwed up that morning show and boy, look what we got now. And you know what the thing that the Mo told me about Greg? He's stupid. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line, 1057 at QM. We got Mad Dog, Jim Manage at one, Hank from New York and the Belmont at three. Marlon on Drek, 6.30. Marlon's at the Phillies at 7.05. couple of big crowds this weekend, which goes to show if they played the Mets and the Yankees every game, they might get some people out there. Eddie Kay at 10 o'clock or right after the ball game. Joe and Mark overnight. That's Joe Costello, who started out this morning really sucking the big one, and turns out now was great. He's the best. If you're thinking of painting your home or business, don't paint. Protect that investment with liquid ceramic. Liquid Ceramic, the technology born in NASA's space program, is available right now in South Florida. Liquid Ceramic is the most advanced exterior, interior, and roof coating available. You, too, can have the same high-tech ceramic technology that shields the space shuttle protecting your home or building, and you'll never have to paint again. Let me say it one more time. Liquid Ceramic is guaranteed for as long as you own your home or building. You'll never have to paint again. So forget about repainting every few years. Liquid Ceramic won't fade. It won't peel. It's guaranteed. This state-of-the-art coating yields an R24 insulation equivalency, which helps you bring down those electric bills, too. Liquid Ceramic Ceramics available in over 1,800 different colors, so check out Liquid Ceramic today. Call 305-347-5122. Liquid Ceramics have been manufactured and sold for over 40 years in town, and it's available here in South Florida if you just call 305-347-5122. That's 305-347-5122, or visit them on the net at liquidceramic.tv, and when you call, be sure and tell them. 560 This is the most disgusting program. I urge everyone to complain to this station. Okay. Well, I just heard the news today. Jesus Christ. I asked you out You said no way The weekend's here I'm all alone I'm horny now And grab my bone With palm wide open And then I close it Up and down Eleven oh two at five sixty WQM. Happy Tuesday to us. So the sun is shining. It's beautiful out there. See, I miss having a window out there, the window to the world. Even in Amsterdam, I have a window, so I can kind of like peek up and see what's going on out there. See if there's any like drugs Aliens. rolling around on my window. Any plants growing outside the window that I could cultivate. Three hundred eighty-seven votes on the poll so far, and about forty of them are real. I bet. Oh, here's a, before I get to the poll result, here's a facts. Here's my take on the show. George used to be terminal, but he's gotten much better. His delivery's improved a thousand percent, and he's fairly intelligent. Joe is a total fraud. I'm a certified mechanic and race fan. I've listened to Joe's show, and I wouldn't let him change his spark plug on my lawnmower. 
The proof that he is clueless is a shilling for NASCAR assholes. Anyone who really knows about cars is into Formula One and NHRA. NASCAR is to racing what WWF is to Olympic wrestling. The people who don't like your reading are just annoyed by the fact they can't understand what you're reading. Everything on radio and TV is being read. The only difference is that the stuff you're reading is written by real journalists, not like the majority of the <laughs> Schmidt on the air, which is written at an eighth grade level. Mo is so stupid he makes Mandich look like a genius. How can anyone say hockey sucks if you want to pick on a bad sport? There's so much crap out there. Keep up the good fight and George is still disgusting. <laughs> there you go. That must have been from your mom. All right. Hey. My mom loves your show. She listens religiously every minute of it. All he talks about is sex. Sex. Oh, disgusting. WQAM. QAM. What a shame. Well, that was their chance. A chance of greatness right there. Who knows? We might have even given them like some cash for that call, do you think? No. Probably not. But you never know. WQAM. Hey, Neil. Welcome back and have a good time. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, you know, I'm addicted to the, uh, the game show channel, and, um... Me too. I think, uh, Gene Rayburn, though, is now watching it and being a little older, and I think he's a big, grouchy blank. Don't you think so? Could be. I guess it a was big, on... A big, grouchy, dead blank. Yeah. Guess it was on last night's show. On the match game? Yeah, Brian Billick. The, the coach of the, uh, Ravens. Yeah. Didn't get one right. Huh. It was amazing. Okay, thanks. Now you understand why I don't take phone calls most of the time. Was that an incredible call or what? I mean, I, I'm sorry. Maybe I missed something really good in there, but maybe somebody can translate. I must have missed. Uh, to me, it's not a kind of stupid. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Let's stick to the important stuff, okay? Like global warming, which finally. The Bush administration acknowledged for the first time in a new report that the U.S. greenhouse gas emissions will increase significantly over the next two decades due to mostly human activities, but again rejected an international treaty to slow global warming. In other words, to boil this thing down, this is from CBS News, there's a long article here, but I can save a lot of time. To boil it all down, what they said was, yeah, you know what, they're right. There is going to be all this uh, greenhouse gas emission, and it's going to like uh, screw up the, uh, the climate, but we can take advantage of this and look at how much longer we'll have to grow crops. And how much of it will be for the farmers? And we can, like, utilize this to our best advantage. And then and I guess what they're really saying is, we're all going to be dead anyway when the polar ice caps melt. So what do we have to worry about it for? Because it's bad for big business. So we don't want to step on their toes. So this is, you know, they're shifting gears on the one hand, saying, oh, you know, global warming is a reality, but we're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> oh, my God. You talk about stupid. That's the epitome of it right there. WQAM. WQAM. Yes, sir. Neil Rogers, please. Speaking. Neil Rogers. Yes. I've been a listener of yours for a long time. Okay. Big black guy in Hollywood. I've called you a couple times before. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up with that song? I kiss a whatever, good night or whatever. Kiss a is. nigger, good morning. It's not good night. Hey, Get it right. Good, dude, you kill me with that, man. I mean, I know you like to have fun, but you know, Al Sharpton is in town, you know. Yeah. Well, well, maybe you'd like to hear it again. I, uh, yeah. Oh, God, no, please, turn it off, man. No, that's number one with four bullets. Number Everybody one. loves that. Stupid. Dude, that, that, that's the most offensive song. I mean, I mean, I could, I could deal, I could deal with the crack cocaine song if I get that one. Okay, well, maybe we'll play the crack. How about Crack City? Oh, Does that man. do it for you? Oh, yeah, that, that was horrible, I'll be rolling with a trunk load in my 81 Brewery. 
if I have to bust a cap, I just say I didn't do it. Crack City, here I be gone. And when I get to Crack City, I go to the third world and ask around the club on who be buying my girls. I be going to Crack City to the floating nightclubs. Yeah, I be going to Crack City and be stabbing my blood. When I be going to Crack City and unload my junk, I never go to Crack City without packing my gun. Yeah, to rock for every That every now and then I sell some crack to a white dude. Crack City, here I become. Some was buck or in the intersection working for free food. Crack City, here I become. Well, I be cruising by the bubble house with no windows and be macking on Moesha. She my favorite hoe. Hoe. And I'm gonna sell my crack But I be going to Crack City You can count on that I be going to Crack City And blast my rap I be going to Crack City Cause I be bad Yeah To rock for every time That's right There's supposed to be a guitar here What are you talking about? You mean you can't play no guitar? So anyway, it's about eight minutes after eleven at five sixty WQM. I guess I learned the spot that you know you have to kind of talk over a little bit. I'm not sure what he says there at the end, but I think I have a fairly good idea. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that, sir, and have a wonderful day. I got a great uh, clinic for you to go if you ever want some blood tests. It's right over there in Hollywood on, <laughs> on the Industrial Park. I still can't get over the fact that they sent me there. I mean, do I look like uh, like I just came in out of a dumpster or something? I mean, I may not be all that uh, fancy schmancy of a dresser and everything, but I look like you know kind of an upstanding human being. Like I might make more than three fifty an hour. Were you wearing that shirt? No. Oh, worse. Now you know why they sent me there. No, seriously, you know, my mother, she's got some goddamn nerve. I'm gonna bitch her out at lunch this afternoon. Like she, she better go into hiding. She better crawl under the bed when I get there. Because I got news for her. You know, I, I expect a little bit of a royal carpet treatment, you know. And I've been to her quack doctor in the past before. He's a dog. He's a doctor like my little dog is a doctor. And that, and that's not even the one I saw yesterday. He was too busy to see me. They were doing me a favor. I saw this other one of your people. The one that like, said he just got off the banana boat with Chiquita Banana or whatever the hell her name was. Remember what Hyman Roth said. Yeah. He said the doctors here are a joke, is what he said. I want a doctor that can speak English. Right. Hey, summertime is here, man. It's 142 degrees in the shade, if you can find any. And people are, like, getting sick from all the allergies and all the other crap out there. If you want to stay in good health, here's a product that's going to help you do it, even in South Florida, with the heat and humidity. It's Oleomed. Oleomed is a soft gel capsule that contains pharmaceutical-grade olive oil, along with vitamins and minerals and herbals, to protect all different parts of your health. They have a separate product for your prostate. 
I'll tell you where you can stick that. One for your heart, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. Olimed's also got supplements to promote health in your circulatory system, your digestive and endocrine system, your skin and bones, even your mind, all using the benefits of the best olive oil that money can buy. And Olimed's got products for men and for you ladies out there, too. Olimed's available all over town. Pick some up today at Walgreens, at Whole Food Markets, Navarro Pharmacy, or Sedano's. If you want to get more information about their products, what they're called, what they do, what they are all about, just call toll-free at 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-O-L-E-O-M-E-D. Order their products on their website if you prefer. US1 in Pembroke Road in Allendale. The Hammer. Starting at 3 today on Sports Radio 560 QAM. Well, I never thought I'd find the kind of ride that I've been tooling around this today. Now it's a classic set of wheels fixed up the way a brother would like it. Now it's a clean and shiny and the drip is cold and I dies under my seat. I got some can of liquid cherry, yo. Aw, baby. Coconut, granada, cherry, cherry, and me, baby blue. Aw, baby. Shiny little velvet, little smelly machine. Took the suspension out so I bounced down the road in a big daddy super flyway. Now it'd be hard to stop, no big deal, someday I'll get around to fixing the brakes. A 1979 bomb Catalina, she's so looking fine, now it's my baby Cadillac. Aw, oh, baby, coconut, granada, cherry, chariot, me, baby, please, baby. Shiny little velvet, little smelly machine, yo. Got my windows down on a hot summer day Cause the AC don't work no way The sweaty crush fell off seats Starts to smell and gets the dusty working overtime Now on my back seat you'll find a shiny crown That smell like lilac My coffin shiny too Cause I've been washing it with armor all Aw oh, baby Coconut, granada, cherry, cherry And me, baby baby Microscopic wheels going over speed bumps ain't too smooth. Ah, baby. Fresh for Lauren Deere, you'll be fancy to me, baby. Ah, baby. Jesus Christ. 11.15 at 5.60 WQM. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that uh, clinic. Yeah. That I went to. It's a place for people who are like on welfare. Right, and and it's it's just it's just sinking in now. It's making me more and more angry. It's frosting my ass. Not so much because I'm a big shot, but because I just wanted a little blood, you know, drawn and get some blood tests done to see if I'm still alive. You know, things like that. It's funny because you're a big shot. If a normal person found their way in there, wound up in there, they would be upset and uh, feel out of place. But it's even funnier when it's somebody like you. Yeah, no, but, but, but the point being, the idea that they thought that I was like some kind of an indi- because I was paying cash for it. Those, those tests are not cheap. Although maybe in that place they give you like two for a dollar, I don't know. 
because it certainly didn't look awfully reputable. I mean, I would, it's not one of those places where you'd say you could eat off the floor in there. You know what I'm saying? It looked like maybe a few people had left something on the floor, but you couldn't eat off the floor. And in a place where it's supposed to have something to do with your health, like in a hospital, and most hospitals are pigsties anyway, but at least ideally, or in a doctor's office, it should be clean, medicinal, right? should be like the inside of a goddamn Band-Aid box. Ought to be. But it's not. It's a toilet. Skakel trial goes to the jury, calling Kennedy cousin Michael Skakel a smug brat. Prosecutors used Skakel's own words yesterday to try to convince jurors that he killed neighbor Martha Moxley in 1975. The jury be deliberating right now, as a matter of fact. The defense said Skakel, and nobody cares about this, like I said on Friday, the defense said Skakel was utterly innocent and accused prosecutors of playing musical chairs with different suspects over the past quarter century. Oh, I sure, I forgot to remind everybody that Norma Kencho was on 10 to 11 this morning, FTL. Anybody hear that? No. What is he, he frosted my ass, man. If he spent as much time getting this show syndicated and doing the kinds of things he should have been doing over the last several years, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to myself. In the meantime, he's more interested about, you know, pretending to be a broadcaster and finding some suckers out there to sponsor his way to get him back on the radio and puff up his ego again and his bank account. Man, what a... Oh, only one thing I can think about him. Gay. The defense said Skakel was utterly innocent and accused prosecutors of playing musical chairs. Well, I just got through saying that. Both sides finished their closing arguments yesterday in the murder case against Skakel. Skakel, 41, is accused of beating Moxley to death with a golf club in October 75 when both were 15-year-old neighbors in a wealthy gated community in Greenwich. The golf club was matched to a set owned by Skakel's mother. Skakel is a nephew of Ethel Kennedy, the crazed widow of Robert F. Kennedy. Crazier than a bedbug who talks to Bobby and other dead relatives through a medium, through a spirit. Maybe she's going to be on the Jonathan Edwards show pretty soon. So the jury be deliberating on that right now. WQAM. Hello, Neil. WQAM. QAM, hello. Uh, hi, George. No, Neil. Oh, Neil, hey. Um, I have yeah, a Taco Spy Report. Uh, I, was in, I was in Hamburg, Germany last week, and Taco is performing in a 70s, 80s musical review in, in one of the big theaters in Hamburg. All right. Great. And, and to add to that, at a different theater, it was in the same, it was in the same listing in the newspaper, Kid Curry and the Coconuts is doing a 60s, <laughs> 70s review. So it's like all of these retired or, or semi-retired uh, uh, rock acts are all finding a place in, in, in Hamburg. It's just, you know, it's like a phenomenon or something. Yeah, and how is Hamburg? Oh, it's great. Uh, it? I, I, I was there. I was there Memorial Day weekend. The weather was absolutely perfect, and, it, and it's got a real, it's got a real good cultural mix. I mean, it, it, it's a very clean city. You know, northern Europeans, northern Germans, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a lot of good scenery. If you know what I'm saying, of yeah. all varieties. George would like it too. Highly recommend it. I love Germany, boy. I tell you that. That's why I, I hate. It sounds terrible to say it, but boy, there's where the real. Um well-built, beautiful... Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, and, and Hamburg is a little bit different. I mean, I... Uh, Those great Aryan people. I go to in, in Germany are, are Berlin, yep. uh, Munich, and uh, Hamburg. And, and, and of the three, Hamburg has like a different vibe. It's got a little bit of Amsterdam. It's got a little bit of the Scandinavian... Yeah, well, I've only been in Berlin and Cologne. I love Cologne. It's great. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, if you like Cologne, there's a little bit of that same vibe sort of in, in Hamburg. I highly okay, I'll see you it. there. All right, sir. Bye. Ach, du lieber. 430 votes on the poll and about 75 of my better reel. When Neil was on vacation, how did he like the George and Joe show? And, of course, Joe, being the uh, car race aficionado that he is, he put the pedal to the metal and just passed you like you were standing still. 434 votes. Joe was good. George sucked 109. George was good. Joe sucked 73. So, you see, you're just like, uh, you're like on that treadmill. You're not going anywhere. And we know why George isn't uh, catching up because he's, he's stupid. 
I listened a lot. It was fine, 72. I didn't listen to it, 68. I listened very little. I hated it, 67. I listened every day. It was great, 45. So there's something for everybody on there to get it off their chest. We might be able to set a record for uh, the number of votes during the show today by 1 o'clock. I don't know. I have no idea what the number is, but I think we are approaching it with all these bogus votes. NeilRogers.com, N-E-I-L-R-O-G-E-R-S, NeilRogers.com. Get on there and vote, for Christ's sakes, will you? Get us up to a 1,000 by 1 o'clock. Get us up to a million. For whose sake? Are you going to start with that uh, Mo stuff again? Jesus Christ. There was a thing in the sunset. You know, it, there's something wrong in this building. It happened when we had that power failure, when that power farted. Yeah. Probably right after I talked about the elevator. Probably the elevator inspector went out and yanked something out there. He's yanking it. Because the air keeps coming on and going off, and it's clammy. There's something screwed up in this building. We don't even have anybody running this joint. Well, if you can feel it coming on, you're ahead of me. Although, guess what? Guess who I saw uh, in the uh, tea room when I went and took uh, did my number four? George Corso was in there. But he was just, uh, like, wiping his hands on the way out, and I was just uh, rushing in, so we didn't have time to, like, bond exactly, discuss all the plans for who's going to be going to Amsterdam. I guess he's out. I don't think he's going. No, it's DeMuth. It is Bob DeMuth? Not not uh, Julio, no. huh? <laughs> what a surprise, what a shock We understand the pecking order, the corporate engineer But of course there's another story, another case where I think Moe's got a good point Where you like, uh, you know, bloodied up poor Bob DeMuth In my in my mind, you just but Now see, that one you can't deny The Moe thing of course I, is all his Why? Uh, why? Stop You were the one that kept saying he was a West Coast redneck And a Yahoo and he hated I bags never. and he hated Jews yeah, That's all you ever said a million times you said that. And the thing about he hated Joe because Joe me. was associated with his program and he was bitching Joe Costello. Oh, well, that part's true. I see. So in other words, you're off the hook. It's Joe's fault. See what? how this works, folks? He pretends to be Joe's friend, but in the meantime, he's got the old Spear out. The old Albert Spear is out, speaking of Germany. Oh, now the air just came back on again. Just briefly. I'm going to turn it down to about 30 and see if we get anything going in this goddamn place. So Bob Vermouth's going to be going to Amsterdam, and I sure hope he does it uh, fairly soon. Like, you know, the uh, very, very, very beginning of July would be a real good idea. I don't need to be there because my uh, landlord's building the cabinet, Peter's building the cabinet, and uh, I don't need to be there. Peter's got plenty of keys to let him in there. I don't really need to be. It would make sense to me if they went there about a week ahead before I got there. Doesn't that sound reasonable to you? Yeah, that makes sense. So that we don't have to do the same thing in Toronto where they're like on their hands and knees and crawling around on the floor 10 minutes before airtime. You, you just, you, well, you would believe it because we've been here long enough, but it was just uh, terrifying. I kept thinking, why did they do this? They had three and a half months to get this thing done right. But that's the way we do it here at Beasley Broadcasting. We never have quite enough time because they have all these important projects going on. <laughs> Not. So like I started to say on Sunday's uh, Sun Sentinel, there was a big thing, a big follow-up, evidently, on another story they had earlier. The silent majority speaks up on rudeness. And it's it's got a whole bunch of letters from uh, readers out there. Classical music writer Lawrence A. Johnson apparently touched a nerve with his commentary last Sunday's Arts and Leisure. The arts and emails about rude audience behavior at concerts and recitals from our readers with their own stories to tell streamed in all week. While we didn't have room to print all of the correspondence, here are some of the excerpts from the mailbag. Laugh Crier just realized that you're not alone when the candy wrappers crackle behind you or the front row uh, patrons rudely dash out before the performance is over. The original uh, column can be read on the website, go to um, et cetera and so on. And so there's like about uh, 7 million of these letters in here, which give you a real good idea what South Florida is all about. And it's not just at music concerts, it's at anything, anything you go to. Rude, obnoxious, inconsiderate, loud, nasty, uncouth. <laughs> exactly. Here's one from Sandra Steinhauer in Coconut Creek. 
Bravo to Lawrence A. Johnson for that great article on the rudeness and inconsideration of Florida audiences. That should be repeated on a weekly basis or at a minimum once a month. I've never seen audiences as rude or inconsiderate in my life, and I've lived in New York, California, and go to the theater whenever I travel. The actors of the orchestra work hard, rehearse, and do their best to give the audience a great performance, and to rush out with even applauding is beyond disgusting. Where are they rushing to, a night job? Although I doubt that even the guilty people recognize themselves in your article if they even read it. I'm sure that many others thank you for writing it, says Sandra. Nice going, Sandra. I've seen the same or similar things. Was there with the Renee Fleming. She had a potential of five encores to do. People got up and appeared to be giving her a standing ovation, but were in reality rushing to get out. Unfortunately, I think we're helpless to educate people or do anything about it. The person unwrapping the candy behind me was an usher. Incidentally, I think the Palm Beach uh, joint is the worst. During a performance of Louisa Miller, every time a singer's voice went toward the upper register, a 40-ish lady put out a loud gasp. <laughs> Were you at Regina when the phone rang in front of the orchestra through the entire first act? They might as well be at home in front of their TV sets. I gave up on shushing a long time ago. I was yelled back at that it was okay to talk during uh, the overture. It hasn't started yet. Well, we don't have to hear every note, do we? Yes, we do. Every nuance of every note, writes Chuck Reef, also in COVID agree. They're pissed off and fired up because the rest of you are rude. And you know what my suggestion to them is? Stay home. Because if you expect to go out anywhere to any kind of a performance, sporting or otherwise, in this town, it, that's, that's what you're going to get. Guaranteed, you can bet your life on it. Like the asshole at the hockey game last fall, standing up there with a beer in his hand and a cell phone, talking to his buddy in the upper deck while the game is going on. I said, hey! And he turned around and looked at me and said, what? What? Not like just sitting down kind of sheepishly, like uh, sinking into a seat like any normal person would do, but like what? What's your problem? I said, I'd like to see the game. Oh, oh, like some asshole's here to watch the game? And, of course, that's kind of foolish for me to want to watch a hockey game because we know that hockey is stupid. 26 past 11 at 560 WQM. Something else that's even more stupid is my mattress shopping the way so many people do it. I'm sure that more and more people, at least what I'm hearing, are doing it the smart way. And when it gets up to about 142 degrees like today, you don't want to get in the car, waste all that time, get all sweated up, and just go nuts shopping from one bedding to department store, because all you're going to do is get ripped off and aggravated anyway, because you ought to help them pay for that big overhead. Call our friends at Dial a Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. You'll be instantly connected with an expert bedding consultant whose job is to hook you up with the best brand name mattress in the world at an unbeatable price. They got them all. They got Serta, Sealy, Simmons, and King Coil. Do your back a big favor because your back has got so much to do with your health and how you feel every day. And when you call Dial a Mattress, you pick the name, the two-hour window for your delivery when it's convenient for you any day, seven days a week. And you also get that 30-day in-home comfort guarantee. So you test out the mattress not in a department store with some asshole salesman standing over your shoulder for 30 seconds and a plastic wrap still on the mattress, but the right way by sleeping on it right there in your bedroom. No store can match their great everyday low prices, too. So call Dial a Mattress like I've been doing for a long time for a coon's age, and tonight you'll be sleeping like a baby. Call 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on that wicked world wide web at mattress.com. In Phillies tonight, the Fed in Philadelphia. Coverage begins at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560. Jim Mandich, I am a pussy. In a place that smells just like a bad day at the zoo. If you come back dressed in drag, I drink every week too. Yeah. If you want to bring the circle and lay them to an end. It seems all you gotta do is just ask the end. Yeah. Why just ask what's out the tell about it now? Jesus Christ. Hates girls, but don't wear pants. That's a tell about it now. Tell about that, won't take 
take a bath, got his belly a crack, filled with time. At last there's two old world, so that we can sell our fingers. I raise my hands like chinchilla, my favorite when I call Gary. Who's a filthy, stinky man, it's the Taliban man. Ah, has a butt crack filled with sand, it's the Taliban man. Ah, here's a bomb for the Taliban in Afghanistan. Eleven thirty at five sixty WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. We're rolling along. Cold is kind of going into a remission, whatever they say. Kind of like a thing of the past. I think I'm basically got out of my system. Thanks a lot, PD Lenny. You're the best. You know what he's like? He's like Peck's little bad boy. I'm sure I've said that before. He just, uh, you know, he's incorrigible. He keeps slapping him on the wrist, and he just keeps coming back for more. You can't uh, get rid of him. He can't help it. Yeah, he just he, uh, he means well. He just can't help himself, as opposed to some other people. Murder trial begins for religious sect leader in death of son. It was said to be a prophecy from God. Karen Robodeau, a young mother and a member of a tiny religious sect, needed to overcome her vanity. To do so, according to the prophecy delivered by her sister-in-law, she should drink only the liquid of boiled almonds and withhold solid food from her infant son Samuel, feeding him only breast milk. For months, authorities say, members of the religious sect that eschews modern law and medicine adhered to what they said were God's instructions, even as 10-month-old Samuel cried for food, became comatose, and died. How do you like that? This is in Boston. It's from the Globe. The murder of the child's father, Jacques Robodeau, begins, uh, began yesterday with jury selection. Michelle Robodeau Mingo, the baby's aunt, face Mingo. wonder if she knew uh, Van Lingo Mungo. He's stupid. Faces a later trial on charges of being an accessory to assault and battery on a child for allegedly coming up with the idea of starving the child. Karen Robodeau is charged with second-degree murder. No trial dates have been set for them. All three are pleaded innocent. Francis, oh boy, the name is Oa. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, that's her name. O apostrophe B O Y. Francis, oh boy. <laughs> Who's your attorney? Oh boy. Attorney for Jacques Robodeau said he'll challenge, oh, it's a he, Francis, like Francis O'Hare. He'll challenge the notion that Samuel starved to death, arguing the child's breast milk diet was unusual, but not unheard of at his age. Well, maybe he just died of old age. He also planned to argue the child could have died for any number of reasons, such as iron deficiency, scurvy, or rickets. Sounds to me all of those are diet-related, too, aren't they, last time we checked? (laughs) And even if the jurors finds Robodeau responsible, they should consider if he is guilty on lesser charge, like first-degree murder. Lesser than that. There's certainly reasonable doubt as to what was the cause of death, old boy said. We expect it to be a hotly contested trial, and the jurors will have a lot to think about. As usual, the facts may be considerably different from what the press has portrayed them to be so far. Gary L. Mello, spokesman for Bristol County District Attorney's Office, declined to comment. So you got old boy and Mello. The bizarre case of the sect known as The Body took investigators from Attleboro to Maine's backwoods, where in 1999, members buried the bodies of Samuel Robodeau and his newborn cousin, Jeremiah Corno. Far from the society they rejected. Jeremiah's parents, David and Rebecca Corno, maintained that he was stillborn and have not been charged in his death. In fact, I think the excuse was Jeremiah was a... Stillbirth? <laughs> Don't say it. The infant's bodies were later found based on information provided by David Corno in a remote part of Maine's Baxter State Park. Makeshift pine coffins were recovered and removed. Police first came to the sect's home about 30 miles south of Boston in 1999 after Dennis Mingo, Michelle's husband, and a dropout from the sect, found a journal describing Samuel Rob- uh, Robodeau's condition. He took it to the police. 
The journal described Michelle Mingo's vision about Samuel. Prosecutors alleged that Mingo fabricated the vision because she was jealous of Karen Robodeau. In November of 2000, a grand jury indicted the Robodeaux and Mingo. District Attorney Paul Wall said it was a clear case of murder. A child, as the child is starving with his ribs sticking out and his eyes rolling in opposite directions, they walk past the child on the way to the dinner table every night, he said. Other sect members are also facing legal trouble, which proves, like I've been telling you for a thousand years, the religious people are the crazy people. Just like that. Just exactly like that. And the more religious they are, the crazier they are. And the more dangerous they are. The more malignant they are. God damn it. Starving a little kid to death. Jesus Christ. Exactly. <coughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, Mo. 474. You think he's going to invite me back on that show tomorrow morning? To say, like, maybe tomorrow. Maybe on, maybe on Thursday. When Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? We're approaching that 500 vote mark. It's not even close to noon yet. How many of these votes do you think are for real? Nine. <coughs> oh, no. Not another one of these coughing jags. I hate that. I hate that when all that mung gets in there. Yeah, I just read about what? that mungo. <laughs> Yeah, it was psych psychosomatic. But I got my, uh, thank God, I got all my champion light here to wash it down. It really helps a lot. Don't have any up in Toronto anymore. I just mentioned that in passing, guys. Covered his beer. Joe was good. George sucked. 113. Oh, look at that. You're falling to third place. I uh -oh. listened a lot. It was fine. 83. George was good. Joe sucked. 78. <coughs> Didn't listen to it at all. 77. I listened very little. I hated it. 75. That's a 32. 2%. I listen every day. It was great. 51. 10.5%. Listen every day. No complaints. They like you. They like Joe. Joe. They like uh, your mama. Everything about it. 5670560. Oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. Taking a few calls today and again tomorrow. And then, and then I think we'll kind of like shut it down most of the rest of June. The transmitter? Yeah. WQAM. Yeah. Listen, I just wanted to vote on that uh, that Joe thing. That guy was the worst fan. Yeah. I mean, he almost drove me back to FM. Oh, no. Yeah, really. No, he was terrible. Uh, George uh, fills in his, his, his uh I mean, Neil's the best, but that other guy, uh, he, he sucked, basically. Okay. Thanks a lot. We got you down. Thank you. Thank you. This guy said Joe sucked. And, of course, it's getting close to noon. I no, he's not awake yet. He's still asleep. Yes. Won't be up till like, 3 or 4. Don't be passing the news along to Joe, by the way, because now he'll start getting sensitive and being Italian will get emotional. He'll start drinking like a lot of wine, a lot of cheap wine. Not good. WQAM. Hey. Yes, sir. Oh, I am calling for Neil. Speaking. Neil, I heard you say Francis O'Hare. Yes. Well, you must know my dad, Mr. Venable, then. Floyd Venable Jr. Yeah, right. Floyd you just Jr. you just made that up. Come on. I I I grew up with Leroy P. for many many years. It was a tragedy when they had to get rid of him. Yeah. Where was Francis O'Hare from? Chicago. No. Flushing, oh, Michigan. Please. Huh? Flushing, Michigan. No, 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 no. Not originally. Oh, he was from Chicago? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. And the Buters. Right. Like, Terry and Todd, right? Of course. And the Borings? Loved them. Chris? <laughs> I'm out, dude. See ya. <laughs> You know, this guy that was just on there, he's uh, not that guy that heard the tapes years ago, Leroy P. and Floyd Venable Jr., pretends to know about harness racing. He didn't, this guy, he wouldn't know, seriously, he wouldn't know Jake Huff from Charlie Huff. That's what he knows about harness racing. 
Oh, well, I'll tell you, Jay Cup throws a mean uh, knuckler at the track. And like I said, keep Miriam Tolan off the track, uh, Ted. Not Ted, but Dick, whatever your name is. Tom, Dick, and Harry. WQAM. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, Phil the Monkey Man here. How you doing? Phil the Monkey Man? Yeah, how you doing? Okay. How's it been? It's been great. Yeah, I'm sure you've been... Conversation, too. Yeah, I'm sure you've been uh, living it up over there. Yeah. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, I want to vote. I think George and Joe are both great. And uh, I think they're, uh, the, Joe is probably going to uh, really unleash some of his good stuff this summer. I really have faith. Joe's going to unleash his good stuff this summer where? You mean on this show? On the show, on the show. Yeah, he's definitely going to knock his dead. I, I, I know it. <laughs> nothing, nothing compared to you, of course. But uh-huh. uh, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll be adequate. Okay. Know? Hey, one more thing. Yeah. You should check out the Bloodhound Gang website. There's naked pictures of the band members on there. You might want. You might. No, enjoy. I don't. I don't want to see any of them naked. Believe well, me. Hey, you never know. It's. Uh, you might enjoy it. Some okay. pictures are pretty crazy. Okay. Thanks, uh, Phil. Take it easy, Neil. See ya. Phil the Monkey Man. Just in case you didn't hear him there the first time. You know how much I like those guys that all have a handle. You know. Five six seven oh five sixty. I mean, I like the Bloodhound Gang's music a lot, but there's definitely nobody in that band I want to see naked. Trust me. And when we get to Tom Brady band, or maybe with band Onanaman, although we pretty much have seen him naked in uh, Boys. That vi- you saw that video. Yeah. Where we say dancing naked with the nun. That's a good video. That is a great video. With the uh, sexy nuns. Uh-huh. And all the sexy girls in that Catholic school. And in fact, the timing was very good on that guy, band Onanaman. But they are the best. Well, he's the best anyway. The other kid, I don't know what he's there for. Maybe he gives a good head. I don't know. 21 till noon at 560 WQM. I guess before the spot, I better drink a little champion light. Just excuse me for one gulp. And yeah, I don't know why I always think that these things are going to go away like in two or three days. They don't. These airplane allergy type colds, they last about 10 days to two weeks. Every single time. And it's always the same way. Usually with me, they start in a way where you think they're going to go away in two or three days. And the throat thing is first. The raw throat, like when I couldn't talk last week and couldn't do the show. And then it goes into the nasal thing and a congestion. And then the red nose is like the warning sign. It's like if you could squeeze a bulb and the nose keeps getting redder. Is it like red on what on a scale of ten? How red is it today? Like a clown nose. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the clown nose. That's what John Wayne Gacy said, and look what happened to him. Won't see him no more. Twenty till noon at five sixty WQ, and we got the Mad Dog at one. You heard me talking about the big one, and in four short months, you can have a big one too. A big paycheck. The demand for certified computer professionals is through the roof. So pick up the phone and call our friends at Fast Train at 866-FAST-TRAIN. Summer classes are forming right now, this second. If you call now, you can be certified in a brand-new career before the summer's over. Fast Train offers Microsoft certified instructors, four convenient locations, including a new campus in Kendall, job placement assistance, day and evening classes, too. And for those of you whose job was affected after 9-11, Fast Train is an Operation Paycheck training provider, too. Call Fast Train toll-free, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN, or check them out on the web at FastTrain.com. They can have you certified and ready for a brand-new money-making career. Get out of that dead end, out of that rut that you're in right now, and as soon as four months. So call them today and get started. Call toll-free and tell them that Neil Rogers told you to call. I mentioned Todd Direct, too. They'll laugh all the way to the bank. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. They were whacking that banana, man. You can count on that. Weekdays at 1 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. I am juiced up right now. Jesus Christ. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we take a good, hard, stiff look into stardom. 
He was an Indonesian born of Dutch parents who had his only hit with a remake of an American song which he recorded in Germany. Was this guy f***ed up or what? We're talking about Taco. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Oh, I love him, but it's extremely hard to find information on Taco. Indeed, our own search for Taco proved fruitless until it finally bore fruit in Jim, who runs the only known Taco fan website in the world. I want people to know they don't have to be ashamed to visit my site. If you love Taco, you've found a home here. Jim also runs Taco support groups for the miserable, hideous freaks who actually cop to liking this crappy singer and his crappy song. Hi. Hi, my name is Beth, and I'm a taco fan. Hi, Beth. How do I explain Taco's contribution to this whole oeuvre of synth pop versions of Irving Berlin tunes? Where are you, Taco? Please let us know where you are, and, and if you're listening, I just want to thank you. Thank you so much. You did such a wonderful thing. For oh, then uh, please click on the links to my sponsors. Help keep my website free. What a bunch of crap. Give me the young Frankenstein version any day. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Ah, that's better. It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. 11:45 at 5:60 WQAM. Dick Morris writes in today's New York Post. Oh, and uh, this is, there's a special reason that I clipped this out, because there's an expression he uses in here that we almost never hear. Oh, don't tell me it's not in here. Uh-oh. Oh, here it is. He's an agent provocateur. Dick Morris writes, like the agent's provocateur that anti-union bosses would send into the ranks of labor pickets to foment violence, Al-Qaeda and other Muslim terrorist groups are trying to start jihads at each end of the Islamic world against the Jews in the Middle East and the Hindus in the subcontinent. They punched the Israelis in the nose to egg them on to retaliate against the West Bank Palestinians. They bombed the Indian Congress to ratchet up New Delhi's anger against Pakistan, their goal to foment a two-front religious war. Their purposes are easy to divine. One, war will help them radicalize Islamic regimes by inflaming racial and religious passions. If Pakistan fights a war, especially a nuclear one against an infidel nation like India, the militant Muslims are likely to increase support from the 10 to 15 percent of the recent elections to a near majority. With this increased pressure, they might be able to take over yet another country, Pakistan, and this one has got nuclear weapons. Two, the crises divert American attention from the pressing business at hand of invading one nation totally aligned with a terrorist, Iraq. If Middle Eastern issues and a war in Kashmir can delay a U.S. invasion of Iraq, Saddam Hussein buys valuable time to develop his own nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons and the means to deliver them. Time is Saddam's key ally. Once he goes nuclear, the U.S. will not be able to stop him. Until then, he's vulnerable. Al-Qaeda is trying to buy him the months that he needs. Three, finally, Al-Qaeda is probably trying to implement the strategy articulated by Che Guevara, who said he wanted to tie the U.S. down in a one, two, and thousand Vietnams. Conscious of the limits of American patience and our sensitivity to potential casualties, Al-Qaeda and its fellow terrorists want to stretch our resources so thin that they exhaust them. We can't treat the Kashmir or Mideast conflicts as isolated crises. We must see them as two fronts in a coordinated radical Islamic challenge to Western power. Both the Indian and Pakistani governments are run by leaders with strong personal and political investments in religious strife, but each loses if things get out of hands. The Hindu nationalists who now rule in New Delhi need to realize that a religious war with Pakistan would likely trigger a civil war at home in which India's normally peaceful 150 Muslims battle with the dominant Hindus and thereby lead voters back to the secular consensus that underlay Indian politics for 50 years. 
Pakistan, with 15% of India's population and lagging technologically, can't win a war. And leaders of military coups like the current regime do not fare well when they lose foreign wars. Once the leaders of India and Pakistan grasp that their political careers will be shortened by a war, peace will probably break out all over, despite the best efforts of the agent's provocateur. He's an agent provocateur. How do you like that, huh? Never thought we'd hear that expression again. How's Dick Fatherly doing? Anybody hear him lately? No. Probably dead. Wouldn't you think? I would think. He had to be about 100 years old back in those days, back in the early IOD days. Dick Fatherly. Wasn't he on IOD? I don't know. I never heard him. Except on that drop. Well, I'll tell you one thing about him. He's an agent provocateur. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T line. We got 503 votes on the survey. When Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? Joe was good. George sucked, 120. I listened a lot. It was fine, 89. George was good. Joe sucked, 83. I didn't listen to it at all, 81. I listened to it very little. I hated it, 79. And I listened every day. It was great, 51. I should have also put on there, I listened every day and I hated every second of it. So Rimmer had something to vote on, and my mother too. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on it. Have we had one woman today? No. Second day back in town, had a couple yesterday, and here I am like uh, begging for lady callers today. Just even to say, hey, it's nice to hear you back. Not that it sounds any different on the air, or makes any difference where I'm physically sitting, in spite of all the early predictions of doom and gloom from Greg Reed and Tom Jicka. Kind of strange a guy makes a deal like this and then is predicting, well, you know, how's he going to keep in touch with what's going on? Hey, touch this, Greg, okay? And by the way, go get another suit. WQAM. George. Yes. Hi. Is this Neil or yeah, George? It's Neil. Oh, Neil. This is slow. Um, great to have you back. Well, thanks so much. Boy, that was quick response. What? I was saying we hadn't had one lady all day and now we get you. Oh, I didn't. I had it turn, turned down. Because That's okay. That's a good idea. I'm I'm sorry you have that cold. Well, I'm sorry too, but it's just about gone. It should be my worst problem. That should be. I just wish that this phony doctor in Hollywood wouldn't have sent me to this injured place to get my blood tested yesterday because I thought that I would. He, he thought I was some kind of a, a welfare case or something. Oh no. Yeah. So I didn't even get my blood testing. Not you. I mean, you have to figure out which doctors to go to yet. No, I still haven't. I haven't found a doctor. I still can't find one. Well, I just wanted to. I wanted to say something about that pipeline that's going through, the oil pipeline. And um, <clears throat> that's going to um, end up selling all the oil to China. It ha it's coming from Russia, from the Caspian Sea. The, the Caspian sea. area. Mm -hmm. And then it goes uh, through Afghanistan, Pakistan, Karachi, and so mm -hmm. forth. So that's why they have to stabilize all those countries mm -hmm. over there. For the, it's all for money and greed. Yeah. Well, that's why I live in Amsterdam. You know, I, I say the hell with all of it. Well, I was thinking about going to Italy to live when my husband retires, but then they have all that religious stuff over there. What do you mean by that? I don't know, the Pope and all No, that. you won't uh, forget about the Pope. They Is don't there a place where I can avoid all that stuff? You, you could be right in Rome and you'll avoid it. They don't pay any attention to the Pope over there. They, they give him the old high sign about the door. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They, the Italian people are on to him. It's all, it's all the tourists that are over there. Oh, that makes me feel better because oh, yeah. it looks like a nice place to retire to. Well, it's a little expensive over there. and You have to smear the right hands and, you know, give them the right salute and whatever, but uh, it's a beautiful place. You'd we'll love have it. to go fishing. Yeah. Okay, Neil. Find one of those little towns right there on the, uh, you know, on the uh, Adriatic. Adriatic Sea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I hope your cold gets better, and I, I hope you stay in town, but I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'll stay in town another uh, 48 hours. <laughs> Hasta luego. Okay. Ciao. Bye, Neil. Totsins. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T. Now, what difference does it make if I stay in town or not? It's no difference at all other than it's much more aggravating when I'm here for me. 
I've had more grief since coming back. Not 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 important things like a dead battery in one car, a big song. By the way, thanks to my good friend, uh, what's his name, Greg Nelson over there at Lou Backroad Chevrolet. God, are they great to me, you know? Do I have the hell of Pontiac spot coming up? No, that's okay. Tom Lehman knows I like Corvettes. And even if hell, I'll say it, and I better not say it, because I'll get Bob Eisenberg all upset. Even if they sold Corvettes at Tom Lehman, I mean, would I buy cars there now that have been buying Lou Backroad for all these? No, he knows that. He knows that Greg Nelson takes great care of me. They came and picked up the blue Corvette. They was uh, the battery died because evidently I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, and they put a brand new battery in. They're delivering it. In fact, it's probably there right now, right back to the house. Don't have to lift a finger. Doesn't cost a dime. It's all under warranty and they're great. My good buddy Greg Nelson at Lou Backroad Chevrolet on uh, right by Pompano Park Racetrack, right by where Miriam Tolan hopefully won't ever be driving again. Five, six, and what was the other stuff? Oh, and I didn't tell you about losing my glasses, did I? No. Did I tell you that? No. And I'm sitting in the front room, my computer room there, on that little sofa, and I got all my uh, my checkbooks out, and I'm doing all this, because I had to make all these deposits out for like four months ahead. And I'm sitting out there, and I got all my papers spread out and everything, and I have a habit, because I, I don't need glasses for reading, even though these are bifocals. Yes. And I don't, what do they call them? They call them like, uh, they have a word for that, without the uh, thing on the bottom. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, for when I'm reading or doing close work or writing checks stuff, I take these off and I set them down. Well, these glasses are so great and so light that you can't even sometimes tell when you have them on or off. So I put them down, and after about 20 minutes, I get up and I realize I don't have my glasses on, and I'm looking around, can't find them. Because you need your glasses to find them. And we're looking all over the place. Well, John don't need glasses to find them, but the two of us were looking all over, pulling up the couch everywhere, going from room to room. What did I do? Well, luckily, I got a second pair. That I had identical. I put those on, which helps search and find. Still couldn't find them. This is going on for like an hour and a half. Hour and a half. These are six hundred dollar glasses. These damn things. Yeah, they're invisible. Well, they're it probably like two, to make them that probably two hundred bucks. I think Rimmer gets the other four hundred. But anyway, so uh, and I look behind the. Uh, I don't want to start ripping my maid, but she deserves it. I look behind the uh, sofa there, and on the the windowsill. There is every. There are like 75 million little bugs, you know, dead bugs, and like just just schmutz from evidently since the day I moved into that house. Because she doesn't do windowsills, you know. She doesn't do like uh, low. You know what I'm talking about? She surface cleans. Jeannie, love you, Jeannie, but uh, you don't do crap, honey. And so anyway, I, it was so disgusting. I said, well, I can't find a glasses, but in the meantime, leave that sofa away from there. I'm going to go get the vacuum cleaner because I couldn't stand it. It was disgusting. I go get the vacuum, and I'm sucking. I put the hose on there, and I'm sucking all that crap. We're doing a very nice job, by the way, off the windowsill. And as I get to the very end of it, I look down, and there in a spot that you never would have seen in a million years, there are a lot of glasses, pristine, in perfect condition. And I'm thinking to myself, all right. Yeah. How do you like that? Those little things, you could have sucked those into the vacuum. So I thank her profusely. You know, well, no, the, these were on the floor, though. Oh. And the bugs were on the uh, sill. Well, there's probably a lot of bugs on the floor, too, but I didn't see them. But the point being that if she would have cleaned it, I wouldn't have done that operation. I still wouldn't have these glasses. I never would have found them. So thank you for leaving all those dead bugs on the windowsill there, Jeannie. Thank you for being just a surface cleaner. God. WQAM. Hi. Neil, please. Yes, sir. Speaking. Neil. Yeah. How you doing? Great. Listen, uh, why are you on vacation? I, I don't know if you were aware. There was an article in the paper uh, about the Fort Lauderdale Police Department. They sent three officers over to Haiti to recruit police officers for the department. Oh, beauty. Yeah, like we, we don't have enough people here that want to be police officers that could be good police officers. They want to. Apparently, the Haitian people are complaining that the police officers never understand a word they say. And, yeah, man. So they want to recruit police officers from Haiti now. Great. 
so they were getting high. So there's a tip to all you people in Fort Lauderdale. When you're at your favorite swing club and you see a bunch of Haitians coming, like in plain clothes, be very, very nervous. Start throwing your clothes right back on and run for the exits. There you go. Or even just if a bunch of Haitians come in in general, I would like run for the exits. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for the good news. Good luck to us. And thank you. Four minutes till noon at 560 WQM on a fair Tuesday. It's been okay. I, you know, <laughs> I have no complaints. I'm sure there are probably some people who have complaints, but that's because, uh, I don't know. I really don't know what this is all about. I'm, I'm here, I'm experiencing it, but I just can't uh, find a word to describe the whole deal. Stupid. We'll have to do for now. Here's a guy that's not stupid. He's a genius, Tom Lehman, down there at Hallett Pontiac GMC. they got to be pretty smart. Because anybody who can survive in the same location and business in this town for 35 years plus and is still going stronger than ever, they got to know how to do business, especially in a horseball town like this. But Tom Lehman, they're doing it down there at 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1, right across from the falls at Hallett Pontiac. And right now, <coughs> it's the off-the-wall invoice sale at Hallett Pontiac. That's correct. The lowest sale price is marked right on the invoice on all 2002 cars and trucks in stock. Choose 1.9% financing or up to a $3,500 rebate. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including the Envoy. Voted by Motor Trend as the SUV of the year. Plus, see the all-new Vibe SUV while you're there. As I keep telling you, Vibe's got the power of a sports car at just a fraction of the price. Hallett's also got a stupendous selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and sport utility vehicles. And if you've been during town for credit someplace else, <coughs> no problem in Hallett, even if you're a deadbeat. Maybe they'll send you that clinic, by the way. We'll give you directions. I'll give you a little map. It's the off-the-wall invoice sale that's going on right now only at Hallett Pontiac GMC, 13401 South Dixie Highway on US 1 across from the Falls, open every day, seven days a week. Tell them that uh, old Bob Eisenberg sent you by and his pet muskrat, too, to Hallett Pontiac GMC. They the Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Hi, this is Steve Goldstein, but you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12th to 1 hour. That- <laughs> I'm not sure I have the voice to listen anymore. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I'm The gas is often heavy. The neighbors are upsetting. To flush, I keep forgetting. The Osborne family, who my daughter has a tattoo, and stupid bloody hairdo. The house is filled with dog do. The Osborne family. Ozzy! Get out the window. Come over here, little rich boy. Live off daddy and mommy's money, do you? Shut the f*** up! I walk like I have polio. My wife's a little psycho. I think my son's a homo. The Osborne family. I get a, a little dizzy when I discover I'm still living. My pants, I'm always pissing the Osborne family. Martha Stewart can lick my scrotum. 1201 at 560 WQM. When he first walked in the door, I thought it was Jesus Christ, but it turns out it's only Boca Brown. Well, nothing's perfect. You know what I haven't gotten into? Now, why do you keep looking at that? I mean, is that not satisfactory, what I just gave you, that, uh... <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what, you can wipe my... Rectum! Boy, one thing about Boca I've discovered. He's stupid. Chandra's final minutes, how she really died. This is a very lengthy thing, but it's from the Inquirer, so it might have some credibility to it. I've been saving this because it was in that, uh, when I was in the new, it's in the new Inquirer. Not the one that you got down here that's from uh, the previous week. 
Boy, this place is so far behind. This is like uh, La La Land. Oh, it's all the way down here at the end. Yeah. It's like all the refuse that finally makes its way down here. might take a long time, but sooner or later it all gets here. All the dregs, the mung, the swill. Chandra's final minutes, how she really died, special inquiry investigation. Chandra Levy spent her last minutes in abject terror, bound and gagged and locked in the trunk of a car, taking her to what must she must have known was her certain death. The end came with her killer's arm locked around her neck before her half-clothed body was flung down a steep, heavily wooded ravine just over a mile from the spot where she'd gone to meet someone she knew and trusted. You following that? Someone that she knew and trusted. Detectives hunting the 24-year-old's cold-blooded murderer have developed that chilling scenario since the missing intern's remains were discovered May 22th, the inquirers learned exclusively. The Inquirer has also learned that several clues found near Chandra's body may help investigators track down the fiend who took her life. The fiend. The evil one. The evil doers. Tiny traces of body fluids were discovered on the stretched leggings she wore that day and which had been used to bind her wrists. And a discarded Baskin-Robbins ice cream container may help authorities identify the person she went to to meet that fateful day. Are we going to find out what flavor it was? And interestingly enough, remember in the O.J. Uh, trial? Ice cream. And wasn't it Bastard Robbins? I'm pretty sure it was. Was it? I thought it was Haagen-Dazs. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. It was Haagen-Dazs. George got his ice cream straightened out, although we don't know his Nestle's turtle yet. But you're right. It was a Haagen-Dazs container that Nicole was eating. It was like soft and like melting right. on the counter. Probably pretty good by that time. You would have thought that Mark Furman would like suck that right up, you know what? Wouldn't you? Anyway, it says the year-long search for missing Chandra gripped the nation after Mary Congressman Gary Condit admitted to police that he and the bright young woman from his California constituency were lovers. It ended at 9.20 a.m. on a beautiful spring day, similar to the one when Chandra disappeared nearly 13 months ago, after a man hunting turtles in a remote area of Washington, D.C.'s Rock Creek Park noticed his dog sniffing at leaves on the forest slope above him. The man brushed away leaves and discovered a human skull. He then ran down the hill, leaped across the stream at the bottom, and went to a nearby house under construction. He told the construction workers he needed to call police, but he was shaking so, shaking so badly he couldn't make the call himself. Local resident Charles Cerf, no relation to Bennett Cerf, by the way, told the Inquirer. One of the construction workers had to make the 911 call for him. It was 9.29 in the morning. Police who had searched the area unsuccessfully last year arrived within 20 minutes. They were met by a grisly sighted an insider with intimate knowledge of the crime scene, told uh, the Inquirer. The skeletal remains of Chandra were spread over an area of dense woods down a steep 35-degree incline. Her spine, which was intact, was about 20 to 30, uh, 25 to 30 yards from the edge of the incline. Bones from her body, which had been moved and gnawed by foxes or coons, were in the same general area. Boy, I sure hope when that happens to one of us, we don't get gnawed by coons or foxes. Chandra's skull, bare of all hair, was 100 feet farther down the hill. At first sight, the trail to her killer couldn't have appeared colder, but it quickly began to yield horrifying clues to the way Chandra died. Close to the spinal column were a, were a Walkman radio in her clothing, a University of Southern California T-shirt, Reebok tennis shoes, a red sports bra, panties, and stretched leggings. The leggings were knotted at the bottom of the legs as if they'd been used to bind to reveal the insider. Investigators now believe Chandra's wrists were tied to restrain her before she was killed. And when medical examiners went to work, still more clues emerged to give the grim-faced detectives hope that they may yet trap the killer. Miraculously, dried body fluids on the crotch area of Chandra's leggings had survived a year's exposure to the elements, said the insider. The leggings were sent to the FBI lab for analysis. If the fluids are found to include semen, it could be a huge breakthrough in the case. And the leggings might also contain clues to the person who tied the knot. Chandra's skull had a minor fracture near the nose area. However, investigators believe it probably happened after death. 
but one small bone among the dozens painstakingly recovered by cops may <coughs> tell a major part of the story, investigators believe. Her hyoid bone, the small bone in the front of the neck about an inch from the top bone in the chest, is damaged, revealed the insider. Hal Sherman, a former top New York City crime scene detective, has investigated nearly 2,000 homicides and has been a technical advisor on movies like The Ransom, The Bone Collector, and Summer of Sam. He told the inquirer, you can choke someone to death without fracturing that hyoid bone, but will leave evidence of damage. Rather than using his hands to strangle her, the killer simply could have used his forearm around her throat, pushing on her head at the same time and killing her or choking her, her unconscious that way. Chandra's body was found just over a mile from the historic 19th century Klingle Mansion, situated deep in Rock Creek Park and used as a D.C. Parks Department headquarters and storage area. The discovery revealed the final moments of young intern's last day when Chandra, obsessed with her married lover, logged onto her computer in her D.C. apartment. The day before, she'd made no fewer than five unsuccessful phone calls to Congressman Condit and had previously left a message on her Aunt Linda Zamsky's answering machine that she had big news to tell her, fueling speculation that Chandra had learned that she was pregnant by her lover. <coughs> As she sat at her glass-topped space saver desk searching websites, the love of her life was on her mind. She searched four media sites, which all had articles about President Bush's congressional luncheon the day before, all of them noting that Condit had a place of honor at the president's table. At some point that morning, investigators believe she got a phone call which brought a smile to her face, said a source close to the case. Someone she knew wanted to meet her later in the afternoon in Rock, Clark, Rock Creek Park. The meeting took place, the historic Klingle Mansion, some two miles from her apartment is where they met. Unfamiliar with the location of the mansion, Chandra used her computer to help. Chandra found directions to Klingle Mansion on the site called MapQuest, a police source told the Inquirer. Family members say Chandra would never venture alone into the isolated and sometimes dangerous area where the Klingle Mansion is located, but her excitement overcame her fears. It was a perfect day for a stroll, 82 degrees with little humidity. She'd be comfortable wearing her Reebok tennis shoes, stretch leggings, red sports bra, and a T-shirt bearing the initials of her college, University of Southern California. She'd listen to music on her Walkman as she strolled happily to her rendezvous. With another click of the mouse, Chandra visited the Baskin-Robbins ice cream website, looking for the nearest store to the route to the mansion. She had always enjoyed ice cream treats with Condit, according to her aunt, and as luck would have it, there was a shop near an entrance to Rock Creek Park that led to the Klingle Mansion. She'd buy ice cream to share what a simply perfect day it would be. How do you like that? Don't say what flavor it was, though. That's important. Authorities believe Chandra left her apartment for a meeting in the late afternoon wearing her Walkman and taking only her keys with her, said the police source. It later led to speculation she was headed off to meet the congressman who instructed Chandra when they dated to leave all ID at home. Despite her clothing, Chandra was not a jogger. Investigators believe she was not heading to the park for exercise. She headed north on Connecticut Avenue, northwest of Maine, Washington, D.C., thoroughfare, window shopping as she listened to music. It took about 40 minutes to reach the Baskin-Robbins ice cream shop at 2604 Connecticut Avenue, northwest, just 30 feet away from a walkway that descends into the park on route to the mansion. Following her disappearance, Washington police questioned employees at Baskin-Robbins, but shop manager Sharod Rottenfourth, with 70, 75 letters in his name, told the inquirer, my employees didn't remember her, but we are, we are a popular place. You could have easily come in. Significantly, just days after Chandra's body was found, police unearthed a discarded Baskin-Robbins ice cream container in a spot between the Klingle Mansion and the site where her remains were found. How do you like that? To be continued. It's, it's a long story, but it's certainly well worth it. It's fascinating. Because it's in the Inquirer, and the Inquirer is uh, on top of stuff long before everybody else, like the Robert Blake thing, like this story, which they had like a week before the, uh, they found her remains. O.J. Jean Benet. That's right. The Inquirer's got it, baby. Our good close friends up there in Lantana, Mike Walker, etc. What's he doing now that, uh, uh, what's his name, Geraldo's not on anymore? Wasn't he on Geraldo like almost every every uh, week at least? I never watched. 
Geraldo. Well, shame on you. Well, that's sorry. right. It was in English. I'm sorry. Hey, Puerto Rican guy. That's why I didn't like him. Puerto Rican and Jewish. Oh, like oh boy. Ooh. He's Jewish? I think he's got a little Jew in him. Nine minutes afternoon at 560 WQM. If you find yourself looking in the mirror like Boca Brian and wondering, where did it all go? Where did that hair vanish to? God almighty. Almost every single strand has disappeared. The answer is down the drain, baby. On the floor, uh, up your nose, wherever the hell it went, it's gone. But if you'd like to get it back, Charles Alfieri's the guy. He's been on TV almost as much as that Mark, uh, whatever is the guy's name is. <laughs> oh, look at that. He borrowed Moe's piece this morning and then dyed it in between the shows. That is, that is incredible. It's only one it's word Ted to describe Koppel. the way that looks. Stupid. Anyway, Chuck Alfieri's been on Speaking of Ted Koppel on Good Morning American Today Show, which ain't no Ted Koppel, but it's something. And he's got the latest technology that provides sensational results for guys who want their hair back, who want to look younger and better like a real mensch as opposed to the silly way Boca Brian looks right now with that mousy-looking piece. He looks like a cross between Bob Eisenberg and a dead squirrel. So if you want to have holes in your head or looking like Brian looks right now, go right ahead. Be my guest. People laugh their ass off at you. If you want to look younger and better, call Charles Alfieri because at no price in the world can you get a better, more natural-looking piece. Call toll-free 1-800-321-2413. That's 1-800-321-2413. Or log on to their website at charlesalfieri.com. Make sure to mention Neil Tordy Call. It'll save you 200 bucks off the regular price when you call Chuck Alfieri. one 1-800- where there are no loosens. Go straight to hell. Weekdays at 3 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. You're a bastard. Oh, where, oh, where can that Chandra be? The locker's out on a haunting spree. If she's gone to heaven, then she left when she should. The night that Gary Condit gave it to her. Lord, go. They were out on a date, parked in Gary's car. Maybe Gary had gone just a little too far. Yes. He shut off the motor, turned to her and said, How about it, baby, I could use me some help. Maybe that young intern thought that that wasn't right. But the cocktails in their system made them feel so light. Chandra thought for a moment, then said, You're low class. That may be true, said Gary, but I still want your ass. Oh, where, oh, where can that Chandra be? She ain't been heard or seen for so many weeks. If she's gone to heaven, then she left when she should. The night that Gary Condit gave it to her, but good. Squirt, squirt. When he woke up the next morn, Chandra was not around. Though Gary had noticed, his pants were still down. He remembered her pointing to her parted thighs. Guess Gary finally got what he wanted last night. She had opened the door, winked at him and said, I'll be back in just a little while. Then she took off after he blew her up. And no one, including Gary, has seen her since. Though the fact is she's gone, these facts may not be right. If somebody knows the truth, well, then the truth would be nice. Will Chamberlain rate me? 1215 at 560 WQAM. Never heard that note at the end there. It's a good thing we had a pause, you know. 
Anyway, continuing with the uh, Sean Relieve story from the Inquirer. This week's the brand new one, the June 18th. Or what is it, June 11th? Whatever the hell it is. You won't be able to find it yet anyway, probably, unless you go to, like, uh, several places. Because they're just getting around to the one with the uh, Columbine bodies on there, and the one that's got the great Britney Spears picture in it. Got it right here, as a matter of fact, and I still think she looks pretty damn good in that picture. Even an old fag like me thinks she's look, uh, boy. She, you know what she looks? Healthy. She looks yeah. real, real health, healthy in that picture. Blemish. Not as healthy as Boca Brian with that hairpiece. Well, why, do you, why are you carrying that around, the Joe Pesci hairpiece? He brought it in as a joke. As a joke. Oh, it's what topical. A, what a clown. Anyway, getting back to this thing about Baskin-Robbins and the, yeah, they found a container. Police sent it off to the FBI lab for analysis, hoping it would reveal the fingerprints or DNA belonging to the killer who shared ice cream with Chandra, said the insider, or at least the flavor so we knew what kind of taste they had. Here's how the investigators believe Chandra spent her final moments alive. She walked, and this, of course, is all speculation. She walked up to the Klingle Mansion about 4 p.m. at a time when park employees are gone. There would be no sounds but the chirping of birds. Trees surround her. She's out of sight from anyone using nearby roads. In the small secluded parking lot, police believe, was a waiting car. It was the killer's car, and the nightmare began. In one scenario, detectives believe she was overpowered, dragged into the car, and her tights pulled off. There may have been a sexual assault, even an act of bondage using the tights as a restraint, said a law enforcement source. Her hands were tied in front of her using the legs of the tights. It's likely that she was also gagged in some way because her attacker couldn't risk anyone hearing her screams. She was then thrown into the trunk of the car. She must have been in total shock. What's happening? Then the full effect of her fear sets in, thoughts of betrayal and death. The car moves slowly, making its way along a narrow, winding, and isolated road within the park, headed north, and ice cream containers tossed from the window. Six minutes, which must have seemed like an eternity, passed, then the trunk opens. Chandra feels the arms lifting her out. She looks around desperately, wondering how she can escape. The car is parked in a small area on Glover Road, just big enough for three vehicles next to what is known as Picnic Area 16. No one is around. It's totally isolated, with no houses or park visitors in sight. The picnic tables are unoccupied. Her abductor begins to carry or drag her toward dense woods, just 15 yards away over a dusty horse trail. She's in mortal fear of her life. She's struggling, but there is no hope of escape. Suddenly, a man's forearm is wrapped around her neck, crushing the breath from her body. Her head is forced down, causing damage to her hyoid bone that was later uncovered during the exam by Washington, D.C. medical examiner, Dr. Jonathan Arden. As her life ebbs away, is Chandra's last thought of her lover, Gary Condit? With the young intern's lifeless body in his arms, the killer stumbles another 150 yards on a narrow, rocky trail to the edge of a steep incline that would be her final resting place. It's a struggle for Chandra's killer to get her body down the 35-degree hillside. Finally, he heaves it to a spot shaded by huge trees and hemmed in by poison ivy cinnamon ferns, broken branches, roots, and heavy underbrush some 30 yards from the edge of the incline. The killer scrambles back up the hill and disappears. And there she lay for nearly 13 months as her once beautiful body is racked by the elements. The massive police search that followed her disappearance came as close as 100 yards to where her body lay decomposing, the remoteness of the area working against its discovery. Charles Cerf, a longtime local resident and director of the Coral Arts Society of Washington, told the Inquirer, I lived in a house overlooking that exact spot for 21 years, and in all that time, I saw maybe three human beings on that slope. It's very, very steep. Whoever did this planned it out and uh, did it very well. It's just about the right place in the park to hide something that would take a long time to be found. U.S. Park Police Officer J.E. Gwentz agreed it would be easy to avoid being seen in that area. It's sparsely used, particularly in the late afternoon. The discovery of Chandra's body through a new spotlight on Congressman Condon, who is expected to be interviewed by police for a fifth time, said the close source he can expect to be closely questioned about his whereabouts from 4 p.m. onward on the day Chandra vanished. He's sure to be asked about his knowledge of the park. Condon's very familiar with the park and often rode his bicycle through it, sources told the Inquirer. Another problem Condon faces are reports he's into sexual bondage, which involves tying up his partners. How do you like that? Police continue to believe Chandra was killed by someone she knew. 
It's not a robbery because her Walkman was found nearby the body, said police. And investigators don't believe it was a random killing either because of evidence she left behind in her apartment. A bed comforter tossed hastily inside her front door as if she just fished it out of a dryer down the hall and rushed off to keep a date. And Chandra hadn't innocently strayed into the remote area of the park as she was jogging. Chandra's mother told me she would never have gone jogging in that isolated area of the park. Chandra's cousin, Milwaukee attorney Michael Maselman, told the inquirer she was street smart. She knew to be careful. Added Maselman, the family is devastated. Bob and Sue Levy always held out hope they'd celebrate one day when their daughter was found alive. Now their worst fears have been realized. He revealed Condit is still at the top of their list as a suspect. They think he had the motivation to want Chandra out of the way. They believe Chandra was going to reveal something about her relationship with him. He didn't want to be revealed. That's in the Enquirer this week, right on the front page. And guess what? She's still dead. So now we can have a real uh, good time with this for months to come, right, if we're all still alive, if we don't have nuclear war in India and Pakistan, and if, you know, if we don't have the polar ice caps melt before we expected it to. Little things like that. Hey, we got to take care of big business. Speaking of business, how's the markets doing right now? Let's take a look at that, just just for fun. Yesterday took a real big jump. Not that I'm, you know, dancing on anybody's grave, but it looks to me like maybe I finally, I'm not going to say I got out at the right time, because it was way too late for being the right time. I mean, the right thing, look oh, at that. Dow down. Dow's down another 67 points, 96 and change, 96.42, and the Nasdaq's down only 5, but it's in the mid-1500s, 1557. It's looking kind of grim. And then you saw that Tyco thing yesterday. I mean, these yeah. uh, investigations are just beginning. It's only the tip of the iceberg, Enron and Tyco, and more to come. Mordecai. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Taking a few calls here this week. Well, you know these three days, give you a little shot at it. Not too much. Not too much action. You notice. <laughs> five hundred sixty-three votes. That's where all the action is on our website on the poll today, neilrogers.com. Because first of all, we got the cranks down there like uh, working overtime in a frenzy on it. And secondly, the audience is very emotional about this because it gives them a chance to really rip some very serious ass. While Neil was on vacation, how did you like the George and Joe show? Joe was good. George sucked, 128. I listened a lot. It was fine, 100. I listened very little. I hated it, 95. You fall into fourth place, by the way. George oh, well. was good. Joe sucked, 93. I didn't listen to it at all, 93. And I listened there. In fact, you're tied for fourth. Wow. And I listened to it every day. It was great, 54, 9.5%. We're going to top 600 votes while the show is on today. We're going to have like 42 million votes on this. And like I said, about 75 of them might even be real. Well, we got one call ringing on here, WQAM. The show stopped. And that was it. Notice how quick I'm in the finger with that new little box now? Works great. So that, that was it. And all you assholes out there were giving me a song to dance about, well, we missed the phone calls. Where are the phone calls? I don't see any phone calls. That was it. That, that was a medley of their material. And even the ones we have taken yesterday and today, I got news for I wouldn't give you like 40 cents. I could go to Baskin-Robbins and uh, have a much better time than those phone calls, even on the way to that park. WQAM. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. That's fine. Listen, I, I drive all day. I, I bring the muffins to the people of Bradford County. I, I'm a pastry salesman, so I, I listen to you guys every day. And I love your show. I like it when you're there. But when you leave, yeah. the George and Joe show is fine. And it shouldn't be just George or Joe. It should be the George and Joe show. Because I think the two of them have great chemistry together. Well, that's, that's what I thought. I thought it would be fine. Now, well, the people down here in South Florida are, are idiots. I'm, I'm a New Yorker, which may be bad for you guys, but... You know, I think they're fun. I mean, I listen to Howard in the morning, and then I switch right over to you, and it's like one big show carries on all day. Right. And that's all I wanted to say, and uh, just, you know, don't let you, I mean, maybe they can move on to bigger and better things. Who knows? But for South Florida, those guys are fun. That's what Mo would like to see. He'd like to see George move on to bigger and better things, or even smaller and worse things. 
I, I don't listen to that guy in the morning. So Good. I, I really Good for don't you, know. man. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Keep uh, pumping those muffins. And if you're upset with that morning show, call Greg Reed. <laughs> I'll never forget that morning when those Schwarzers were calling in. Call Greg Reed. Yeah, come on, Mo. Lighten up. Stop being such an asshole, will you please? Stop being such a schmuck. I mean, is there any way to save him from himself, uh, that Mo guy? No. I don't think so. He just, uh, I don't know what, I think I know what his problem was when he was younger. Will Chamberlain rate me? And he just never recovered from that. I don't, I don't, but you wouldn't recover either, man. Boy. It would be easy to say don't get sore about that, but not, you know, easier said than done. And leave you walking funny all, all the rest of your life. Oh, and speaking of walking funny too, he's, he's got this hang up about faggots too. You know, gotta loosen up about that, man. I think maybe if he found out that every member of the Boston Celtics was gay, that if Dave Cowan had had his way with all of them, that, you know, might change his attitude about things like that. But I could be wrong. I could be just a hard ass. WQAM. George. Yes, sir. Oh, I thought I was going to get on with Neil. It is Neil. Neil. I, listen, whatever you uh, say, if you would have said tiny, I'd have said, hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, welcome back. I know you're not going to be here for a while, but welcome No, just, just long enough to get a little taste of what's going on here. And believe me, it leaves kind of a sour taste in my puss. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't even know why you come back. I've been I've been to Toronto only once, but I was there for a month, and I, sw- I was 19 years old, so you can imagine. I yeah, probably had a good back. time. Yeah, I'm only here for the chicks, so I don't know why you're here. But <laughs> Well, that's why I'm not going to be here very long. Yeah, well, I didn't really have anything to say. I drive all day, and I get really bored driving, so thought I'd talk to someone. Okay, thanks a lot, pal. Thank you. And we'll see you. Good luck with the chicks. What are you laughing about? He's here for the chicks. He's here to get laid is what he's here for. He wants to get his rocks off. He wants to do the old in-out, the old in-out over and over again. He wants to do the old bone-in routine. What's wrong with that? Nothing. So quit, give that guy a break. Quit laughing at everybody. I think, I think that uh, maybe you are a little stupid. WQAM. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. El cura me amamó y me duele. What, what the hell was that going to be? I don't, I don't, we do an English show on here, okay? Just like the poll we did yesterday. Speak in English. What was that? Something about The priest blew him. The priest blew him? Oh, okay. And, and then you cut him off. And have a good time. I just want to contract them. In the best, in the best interests of the game. Weeknights at 10 on Sports Radio 560 QAM. There's no fact in, in the church.
31 at 560. There's a cut on here. I can't uh, wait. I can't restrain myself. I just have to hear this before. Um... This is Howard David. When I take my Feldine, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Not George, because he's stupid. <laughs> I think I made the right choice. 593 votes on that survey. I'm not going to give the results again until the end of the hour, because this is all bogus anyway, but it sure is a lot of fun. Sure giving them something to do out there. WQAM. Hi, is Neil saying calls today? Yes, sir, I'm speaking. You're speaking to him. I beg your pardon? Hey, Neil, I was just having lunch, and I was watching CNN. Yeah. And they had a meeting of the bishops in some state, I don't know, and they had uh, made mention that they are voting for dismissal from the church. Yeah, I had, um, I had that cases, story. With cases dealing with molestation. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, the arrogance of these people, you know, I'm not concerned about their dismissal from the church. No, they I'm have to be turned over to the jail. police. Exactly. That's what I said before. The word J-A-I-L is mysteriously missing from that whole story that I read. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, so you all get together, all you all you people who are taking care of our children, and we decide if you molest a child and get caught, you're out of the church. Well, you know, I'm deciding that you go to jail. Right, exactly. Crazy. That's where it's at. Okay, you too. I mean, Jesus Christ. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM. Hola. Hey. Yes, sir. Neil. Yes, I am. Good morning. And good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon, should I say. Good afternoon. Neil, what was the name of that uh, animal shelter you guys raised all that money for last year? Uh, animal uh, Rescue. Abandoned, pet, abandoned rescue. pet Rescue. Something like that. Abandoned, abandoned pet, pet rescue, rescue in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Uh, oh, and by the way, um, Mr. Al, stick his nose in everybody else's businesses down here, Sharpton. Yeah. He's uh, at the uh, commission meeting. Uh, for what? Well, what's he down here uh, raising a bunch of crap about? We got enough problems without his uh, ugly ass down well, yeah, here. Yeah, they got that uh, civil review board for the cops when they shoot people. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what he's got his nose mm-hmm. into. Tell him to go back to New York. Uh, tell him to go away altogether. Have a great day, pal. Okay. Fat ass Al Sharpton, man. They ought to take him and Jesse Jackson and Louis Farrakhan, the three of them, and send them to Siberia. Send them over to Afghanistan to you know, take care of the Al Qaeda. Do something useful. Years later, here's a great story from the Herald, of course, the Boston Herald, a real newspaper, not the Miami Herald. Years later, some charged sexual abuse by nuns. <gasps> Good. A half I century mean. after his Catholic school boyhood, John Kerrigan says he's still haunted by the memories of a figure draped in the mantle of the church, finding sexual gratification through his fearful 12-year-old body. Though his story echoes countless others in the ever-widening church molestation scandal, it differs in that the alleged abuser was not a priest, rather it was a nun. This was one sick woman, Kerrigan, 69, said of the Chicago nun whose image he's captured in oil paint, a scene recalling Picasso's Guernica nightmare. What the hell was that? Don't know. We don't know. We're not into art. We're a bunch of slobs. While abuse by nuns is little known, it's not an anomaly, said Hashley Hill, who documented allegations against nuns in 23 states for her 1995 book, Habits of Sin, an expose of nuns who sexually abuse children and each other. I don't think people want to go near the fact that women abuse, let alone nuns, but believe me, it is real, said Hill, an alleged victim of a molester nun at a New Hampshire Catholic school in 1962. Since Hill's book, more accusations have surfaced, including, in Vermont, lawsuits by as many as a 100 former residents of Burlington's now-shuttered St. Joseph's Orphanage charging sex abuse in the 40s and 50s, the naming of a nun along with 11 priests in a current suit against the Diocese of Providence, two impending lawsuits involving Boston nuns by attorney Roderick McLeish, Jr., 
In another complaint brought to the Archdiocese of Boston, a woman said she was raped repeatedly by a nun as a first grader in South Boston 55 years ago. She held me back another year so she could keep doing it, said the woman, who said she reported it to the Archdiocese in March of 2002, but was encouraged to keep quiet. The Reverend Chris Coyne, an Archdiocese spokesman, said there is no record of her complaint. Of course. A.W. Richard Sipe, a psychotherapist and former priest who's done extensive work with pedophile priests, said he's worked on dozens of nun cases. Though he said there are no studies regarding the numbers of nuns who molest children, the anecdotal evidence is telling. I was on the St. Joseph's Orphanage case and interviewed a number of victims, he said. In one case, the nun will get the boy an erection and burn him on the pe his penis, noting a common thread of sadism mixed with sex and many allegations. What did they use to burn him with? The sadism is worth, noti sadism is worth noting. I think they got away with sex abuse because of the stereotype of nuns slapping kids with rulers. Andrew Ketterer, Maine's former attorney general, is familiar with that pattern. His knowledge is not from a courtroom, but from the New Jersey classroom, where he says an nun abused him 46 years ago. She would basically say mean things to me until I, start, until I started crying. Then her demeanor would change, said Ketterer, whose mother died when he was five. She'd say, I'll be like your mother, and she'd kiss away every one of those tears, culminating with a very long kiss on the no. lips. Lips. Oh. Ketterer, who stunned colleagues by testifying as a victim at a legislative sex abuse hearing, is quick to point out that his experience may not qualify as sex abuse, which some states define as contact below the waist. But he paused to consider that the only person he told before the hearing was his wife shortly before their marriage. I probably did think of it as sexual and wanted my wife to know, look, you might be getting damaged good, said Ketterer, who's not considering a lawsuit and has made no attempt to locate the nun. While Ketterer says he's coped with memories of the abuse his entire life, other cases fall into the more controversial category of so-called recovered memory. Hollywood screenwriter Elizabeth Anderson says after a miscarriage, frightful memories resurfaced of molestation by nuns at an Ohio boarding school. It was just unspeakably terrible, she said, of the alleged rapes. But Sister Kathleen Hughes, who heads the Sisters of the Sacred Heart Order in St. Louis, which ran the now-closed school, disputes the accusation. We thoroughly investigated it, and there are serious inconsistencies, she said, asserting the number of uh, nuns varies in the story, and the school rules prohibited a nun from being alone with a child. Anderson scoffed at that, saying having sex with students was also against the rules. While Hughes acknowledges Anderson's complaint, other orders may be far more secretive. Gary Shona, a Minnesota psychotherapist who's treated thousands of religious people, called that troubling because almost all nuns belong to orders. If you want to talk about a secret world, the nunnery is it, he said. The diocese is an open book compared to the convent. Even if an order is relatively open, victims may have difficulty finding nuns who cast off their given names and change names again as they move between orders. Kerrigan found that to be the case with the nun he alleges molested him, though he located her with the Sisters of Charity of the Blessed Virgin Mary in 1993. I'm surprised he didn't find her at Rosa, Lope, Rosa uh, Lopez's house on a Totino's Pizza on the 13th of the month. Both the nun who since died and the order denied his accusations. In a neighborhood where the mantra was, God bless the nuns, Kerrigan said his family welcomed her offer to tutor him. Once the classroom door was locked, however, the lesson stopped. He detailed extended abuse at her hands, though he said he told a Jesuit priest about it in 1954 and others at least a, uh, once a decade. Nobody acted. In 1983, his twin brother Ed told him he too was abused by the same nun. A form of therapy, Kerrigan calls his paintings of his tormentor pretty scary and not indicative of his usual work. Is it revenge? I don't know, said Kerrigan, now of New Mexico. I just want these people to make a bona fide attempt to straighten me out the mess they've made for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. She was burning his penis. She had a burning yearning, is what it boiled down to. With a cigarette, cigar, blowtorch, hot poker. Twenty-one till one. Here's the problem with George. Yeah, he's stupid. 
at 560 WQM. No, we don't have to get graphic. We don't have to, you know, detail how did she burn. Maybe with an acetylene torch. I don't know. Barbecue grill. Barbecue grill could have been it. She might have confused it with like an Oscar Mayer. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she thought she was heating up lunch. Hey, deli lovers. Have you tried South Florida's best kept secret? Well, at least the best-kept deli secret. Jesus Christ. That's right, another deli. You say, well, this isn't just another ordinary deli. This is the Brothers Deli. It's real New York-style deli food and service at its absolute best. Even Mo would be impressed. The original Brothers restaurant, they've been piling on the corned beef, pastrami, and scrumptious brisket on thousands of sandwiches since 1976. Their overstuffed sandwiches are so big that two hands aren't enough. Brothers have got the best homemade soups and salads, homemade chopped liver, all your favorites, and their hand-sliced Nova Scotia salmon will remind you of the Lower East Side, even if you have no idea where that is. There's a full bakery and takeout department. Brothers can even cater your next holiday or family gathering. So when you think of deli, think of Brothers. It's sensational. They're open every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In fact, just uh, stick around all day. They're just like family. The original Brothers restaurant, eat in, take out, catering, and corporate functions as well. Visit your Brothers at 1325 South Powerline Road or call them at 954-968-5881 and tell them that old Neil sent you by for a fantastic deli treat. 954 Commissions call 1-866-NO-AGENT for a generous all-cash offer on your house. Coverage begins at 6.30 on Sports Radio 560 G-Way-N. You're gay. Gay. When the moon of a guy has a star beat that's Piazza. Stupid. With two balls and one out of the side of his mouth, that's Piazza. He grabs manly from rules as he smoothly slides into third base. He's a macho sports guy who denies he is by Mike Piazza. Sing with dudes to the tune of the root that's Piazza. He insists it's not true. Oh, yeah, sure, I believe him, don't you? Yay. He's a very rich bit, redefining switch hit that Piazza. Alright. There are no gays in sports, that's unless you're, of course, Mike Piazza. Jesus Christ. 1246 at 560 WQM, we got the Mad Dog, the, uh, what is it they call him? The Mad Dog or the Angry Puppy. There you go. He's coming up at one. Hank is going to be doing a show from the Belmont, from New York, from Belmont Park, getting ready for the big Belmont this Saturday. We'll be talking to Dave Johnson on Friday. War Emblem will win a triple crown. You mark my words. Plunge your brains out at about 3 to 5. Hank, like I said, at 3 o'clock. 6.30, we've got Marlon on deck. And then 7.05, Marlon's at the Phillies. Eddie K after baseball and Joe and Mark overnight between 2 and 6. Joe, who either did very well or very poorly, depending on who you believe fixed our poll today on our survey, which now has 616 votes. Shocking. Oh! <laughs> they were really intent on, uh, oh, look at this, you're down to fifth place. <laughs> Boy, from the top nearly to the bottom in just a couple of short hours. That's how fleeting life is, you know. 
Report, Al-Qaeda threatens attacks. The spokesman for the Al-Qaeda terror group has threatened more attacks on Americans and Jews in a message published by the Pan-Arab Daily, Al-Hyatt, this past weekend. We confirm our continuation in working to attack Americans and Jews and targeting them, both people and buildings, Al-Hyatt quoted Suleiman Abu Ghaith as saying in an article that the newspaper said was published on the website www.alnada.com. The site could not be accessed on Sunday. What will come to Americans, God willing, won't be less than what has come. America should be ready and high alert and fasten the seatbelts, as with the will of God, we will come to them from where they did not expect, Abu Ghath was quoted as saying. The newspaper did not give his whereabouts, didn't give his home address and phone number. Gordon Jondro, a spokesman for the White House Office of Homeland Security, said Sunday in Washington he was not familiar with the report and couldn't comment on its credibility. Speaking generally of such threats, however, he said, we've said for some time that al-Qaeda is still interested in attacking the U.S. We've been working since 9-11 to try and prevent, to disrupt their organization from attacking the U.S., also to strengthen our critical infrastructure and response capabilities against uh, future attacks. People purporting to speak for al-Qaeda have also made threats against Jews and Westerners since 9-11. Last week, FBI Director Robert Mueller warned of a possibility of a new terrorist attack against the U.S. There will be another terrorist attack. We will not be able to stop it, Mueller told a meeting of the National Association of District Attorneys. It's something we all live with. Don't you like his positive attitude? Yeah. There will be another terrorist attack. We will not be able to stop it. Abu Ghaith said the United States was targeted because of what it does in regions of the Islamic world and being in partnership with the Jews, the head of corruption and decay, the reason behind all the injustice and oppression that befell on Muslims. He said all that Israel was doing in Palestinian territories for more than 50 years was with American blessings. He said U.S. policies in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Somalia, as well as in the Sudan, Philippines, Kashmir, and Indonesia, were against Muslims. After all of this, doesn't the prey have the right, while it is being slaughtered, to kick back? That's P-R-E-Y, he was quoted as saying. Abu Ghath was stripped of his Kuwaiti citizenship in October after the former teacher and mosque preacher appeared in TV broadcasts on behalf of Osama Yamama, the prime suspect in the attacks on 9-11. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless lines. WQAM. Hello. Hello. And um. And a very short call. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, I've got a sighting for you. I just left Royal Castle, and Wayne himself was pulling out of the driveway. Excellent. He looked huge. This is George, though, right? No. Oh. Why do you want to speak to George? No, I wanted to speak to Neil. My, this uh, well, is Neil. Anyway, welcome back. Thanks. Say hi to Wayne. Give him a big kiss for us. Uh, one other thing. The guy that called in about the, hate, the uh, cops being recruited in Haiti. Yeah. I think another thing while Neil was gone. Well, why, um, why are you talking to me like in the third person? This is you. Neil. I, I just have a bad connection. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I <laughs> thought you might like this one, too. Apparently, two inspectors at an airport here in the U.S., uh, had a guy arrested who was trying to speak to them in English, and neither of the inspectors spoke English as a first language, which caused the original guy to get arrested because they thought he was making a bomb threat. Incredible. There you go. Unbelievable. Okay, get back to America while you can. Welcome back. Good luck to you. I will. So well, not even to America. Maybe like North America, further north. Five. Oh, look at that. WQAM. Bullshit. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? Good. You just lit my fuse, but good, with that last article you read about the nuns. Yeah. I was taught by nuns all through my grammar school education. They are the worst thing that the church has ever put on anybody. Mm-hmm. They are, are, I was not physically uh, uh, sexually abused, but I was mentally and physically tormented by mm-hmm. the churches. They, they uh, just 
miserable. They have no compassion, and only later in life have I really thought about with their physical abuse that they issue on children that they're actually getting their, getting their rocks knocked off on it. See, that's why I can't understand why they're still, even with all the knowledge that we have now, why there's still our parents who are willing to turn their children over to these sick, sick, twisted assholes who do all these bizarre and grotesque and uh, sadistic things to their kids. They absolutely, you, you, well, you couldn't have said it better. They are sick and twisted. I have friends and neighbors who send their kids to Catholic school, and I do nothing I can but to discourage it because of the, 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 the experiences I had. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I was told when I was in the seventh grade, taking the preparation test for high school, that I was an absolute 100% illiterate. Really? I, and I was far from illiterate. I mean, I'm not an Einstein, mm-hmm. but I was not an illiterate, illiterate kid. And, 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 and they would, I mean, they, they, they would continually, you know, people laugh and you hear about the rules and stuff like this. They would absolutely paddle everybody. One day I was reading a number wrong when I was in about the third grade where I had my, my commas and decimal places wrong, you know, you're 2,300 and so mm-hmm. and so. And the nun kept taking my head and smashing it into the blackboard because, and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. Nice. They, they should be done away with. I mean, the, the, the situation with the priest should be in jail. But there's absolutely no need for nuns at all. They're, they're sick bastards. Amen. Amen. Amen to you. Th- uh, thank you. Okay, there's a little nun story for you there. Just the whole thing is a pile of crap. But I can sit here and keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. And, they, they, you know, it's in your hands, you people with your kids out there. Either going to turn them over to these sick, crazy, twisted people and wait for the horrendous story to come out years later or else the horrendous aftermath or have your kid commit suicide or some other grotesque thing. Or you're going to finally wise up and stop subsidizing this sick, twisted uh, Schmidt. But just remember, it's not a pedophilia problem. It's a homosexuality problem. Oh, that's right. It's a fag problem. I forgot about that. So thank goodness. I guess, I guess we're very lucky then that... Uh, There's no fags in, in the church. We're fortunate. Hi, this is Larry King, and they don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Hard-hitting journalism. What color is the sky? The tough questions. How many fingers am I holding up? With the demeanor of a grizzled journalist. You like my suspenders? This is Larry King. Still alive. So you sleep well last night? Did we reserve parking for you? Did you find it okay? Tonight, on Larry King Still Alive, White House spokesman Ari Fleischer. So, uh, what are you, bald? Why, uh, yes, it seems I, I am. You ever I see uh, Coco the Clown? No, can't say that I have. You know, you look like Coco the Clown. Really? So tell me, is it true you're gay? Huh? Well, I, well, you, you must be. You wear it on your sleeve. Your skin, it's so soft. It's just... Well, that's tonight on Larry King, Still Alive. 1257 at 560 WQM. And top aide to Cardinal Bernard Law was urged in 1994 to notify parishioners that a dozen archdiocese priests had been pulled from churches for molesting children, but chose to keep it a secret from those affected, sources said yesterday. This in today's Boston Herald. Despite pleas from an alarmed nun who served as his key deputy, Bishop John McCormick, now of Manchester, New Hampshire, actively hid from Bay State churchgoers the fact that priests were yanked from parishes amid abuse cases, church files to be released this week indicate. Among those noted were Reverends Bernard J. Lane, Paul J. Mahan, Paul R. Shanley, our favorite, Ronald Paquin, and Ernest E. Tornagay. McCormick scheduled to be deposed under oath today. He was law secretary for ministerial personnel from 1984 to 95. I know I sound like a broken record that Sister Catherine E. Mulkerin said to McCormick in one memo.